just finished. What a pod. It was strong. Now, we learned a few things. Now, you're going to understand what I mean after. But we learned about who Scott likes to praise the most. And we learned who AJ likes to root for. And we knew Fez loved money. So that was the three things we kind of figured out. But one of them we knew. The other two kind of fresh. Speaking of money, Fez, we got more discounts for people. There was a record response last week. McKenzie, Scott's hockey. McKenzie winning. He's got a game tonight winning this season in the NBA again. Scott, what's your record now in hockey? 26 and 8. Yes, not 28 and 22. No, 26 winners, eight losers. The train kept a rolling all night long. $75 off, which you can get here. Now, here's the thing to think about. College basketball starts early next week. There's some dispute. Is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? It's Monday. It is. Damn. So Fez said Monday. You said Tuesday. It is because on a meeting earlier this week, someone said Tuesday and I said Monday. And they said, are you sure? So you're going to be right one of those times, I think. I was one for two. 50-50. Here's what what we know. It doesn't matter. It's starting next week. And that means if you get the basketball all access, you're going to get all of it. You're going to get college. You're going to get pro. When other people are thinking on Thursday, I got to bet this or Tuesday, I got to bet this Mac game. No, you don't. You can if you want, but you can bet college basketball, you can bet pro basketball, and you can bet hockey. We got the winners, and no matter which one of these packages you get, just use this coupon, STREAK75. So S-T-R-E-A-K-7-5, STREAK75, you get $75 off. Fez, obviously, you know, with his, let's be candid, college basketball early, he's using veto. And you know what? That's like, you know veto. Not Vito, like V-E-T-O. Vito, like Vito Colleone. I just talked to another Vito, mm-hmm. and we are sharing information. And this is one... First time all year, and this is an extremely big, big player in the industry. You know who I'm talking about. No, I don't, but it is properly <laughs> opaque. The way he, Who knows? You could be thinking, is it Billy Walters? You know what? He's not going to tell you. You know what? You can dream on it, or you can bet these games... Fez, you've had one losing year and like eight winning years. Is that right? Here. It's actually seven and two. Se- what, you had two losing years? I did have two when? losing years. There was one of them that was close and it wound up being a losing year. Oh, my gosh. I know. It so changes now, everything so RJ means, thinks about it. I mean, think about it. That means that you. it's like only 75-plus percent of the time you win with it, Fez. RJ, it's going to be eight and two because I'm up well over 100 units and I've won nine straight games. Wow. Train kept a rolling all night long. Streak 75. Guys, this pod, though, I think was nice and tight time-wise until at the end there was a very contentious fight about barbecue, where to eat it, how to eat it. I got to tell you, on that one, AJ is the true expert. Thank you. Here comes the show. Week nine extravaganza. We got a full wise guy roundtable. I'm R.J. Bell. To my right, he's a one percenter now, officially. Eliminated from his contest, but in the one percent top of last man standing, A.J. Hoffman. End of the show, we'll hear about his... It seemed like a smart play, the way he went about it, but it was a loser. But again, 99% eliminated before him. Fez, two-time Super Contest champion. No one percent, just a champ, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Uh, how you were sixteen and four at one point. That how's that gone? I haven't heard about it as much. 
there well, I have multiple entries. Yeah, but how's that sixteen and four entry? Oh, that one's not doing so. The well. one you said I'm gonna give all the best picks to. Yes. <laughs> it's a good reason why we don't always know exactly what our best picks are. Diversification sometimes. in these contests. Some people play the same five and it really in multiple, in multiple entries. Yes. Well, what's the point of having multiple entries? Exactly. Now, again, I know last man standing there was a guy that had six entries. No, oh does. I'm sorry, in the survivor, six entries. And he last week was his first split. And he had Atlanta for three of his plays, and Atlanta had that all the way against Carolina. Oh, that was easy. Yeah. I mean, miss extra points? That's oh, easy. Sure. All right. We got Scott Seidenberg, who is hot in the hockey. How's your hockey record? 25 and 8. That's pretty good. I got my five picks ready for this preview today, so uh-huh. we're going to go through Oh, this isn't the dream hockey preview? No. Oh, <laughs> that, oh man. That has, a, that has a more niche audience. Oh. <laughs> We're ready to launch it. I'm glad because you said five-star on the Panthers, and I was terrified for you. It was uh, the other Panthers. That's pretty good. As you can see with this repartee, this is the Straight out of Vegas AM crew takeover. We'll, we'll see if we can stop that. Mackenzie Rivers, who is focused on his NBAs. No NFL picks even this week. I was looking at the checks we were sending out, you know, the monthly allotments. McKenzie's was like $12. I'm like, he's not doing any NFL, is he? This was from like six weeks ago. It's like, I like the focus. You get, you get, wait, it get broken out by sport when you look at the. No, but when your number is 12, oh, you know, his yeah. two sports are NFL and NBA. <laughs> yes. Let's hope he wasn't selling the, you know, his baseball, I haven't heard his expertise in that yet. <laughs> we'll wait for that. Okay. If you're not a first time listener, we give the best bets to start the show. This is the making the sausage of how we ultimately make our Saturday night picks in the Super Contest gold. And over the four years prior, we have the very best record of anyone in the world. We're proud of that. Four and one last week after a, a bad stretch. So let's keep it going. Fez, you are the honorary as a two-time champion. You go first. What is your best bet? Washington football team plus Ooh. three and a half hosting the Minnesota Vikings. You know, I kind of get why this line is three and a half because, you know, the Vikings are team. Everyone's talking about, oh, you know, they're going for it. They trade for Hawkinson. And this is a team that has somewhat defied uh, their win loss record, has defied their underlying stats. So I really. So we talk about that. Mm -hmm. What is an example of the underlying stats? Well, just last week, they beat Arizona by eight. Mm -hmm. They go five for five for touchdowns in the red zone. In a game that was, you know, you could argue Minnesota should have won by a field goal, but certainly not by eight points in that game, ultimately giving them the cover. So over the course of a season, the underlying stats that may be more indicative of the true quality of a team versus the one loss record, you'd say red zone scoring? is Like if you have extremes in red zone scoring, I think yes. that's one. Yes. Uh, extremes on third and fourth down? Turnover luck. Turnover yes. luck. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Injuries? Uh, certainly, although I have not looked at the injuries from Minnesota, that would. But, but that that's one concept. And then the pure yardage stats, like especially yards per play, that takes out pace. And thus, the theory is, if you're snapping the ball and getting four yards, other team snaps it and gets five. It's hard to think in the long run you're better than that. Team. Exactly. So Minnesota's starting to check all the boxes. They're plus plus six in turnovers. They have a minus yard differential. They have a great record in these close games, and you know a great win loss. Record overall, here's a team I'm looking to fade. And look no further than the look-ahead line. So the look-ahead line on this game was 2.5. 2.5, it closed like 2.7. Well, what happened last week? Minnesota, 
Well, they got they got a good win against Arizona, one by eight. Mm-hmm. We're certainly not going to downgrade them, but Washington won as an underdog, as a three point underdog. Fortunate to win, also. So I would argue both. I teams. mean, you would make the case Indianapolis w- w- should have won that game. I mean, as as much as we're saying Minnesota shouldn't have won by as much they did, I think I don't know. How do you look at the Washington game? Uh, the, the underlying stats were equal, so I would look at it. it it's one of those games. I'm, I'd say Indy should have won by a couple points. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, something along those lines. But but here we've moved not just to the three, we've moved through the three. And remember, that's Minnesota at Washington. It was two and a half in the look ahead. Now three and a half. So if you want to bump it to three, fine. You cannot move this to three and a half. And what's the book on the Minnesota Vikings? We've been doing this for you and I for so many years. The Vikings. Are a, a, a soft dome team that when they go outdoors, they underperform. Now, that can't just be Zimmer. That's just. Um, well, Zimmer was a tough, tough coach. So, if anything, he would have prevented that to some degree. This is what happens to, 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 to dome teams later in the year. They start to underperform on the road historically. I, I like Washington. Mackenzie, do me a favor and we'll go to Scott. Um, we profile the luck factors throughout the season. Why don't you compile for us what the um, summation of that for Minnesota is? First, though, Scott. So this is a double like I'm on this as oh, well. Okay, this good. is my uh, three-weight uh, Washington. Kirk Cousins' first time back in D.C. Mm-hmm. as a member of the opposition. I think it's going to be emotional for him. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of answering questions. There already, already has been this week about this game which might take away from the focus of the actual game plan when he's dealing with so much to conversation surrounding his you trip could cut back. It the same, you could cut it the opposite way, though, right? He's going to be focused, and, and, and he's sure. going to want redemption. Could be, could be, but this is a team in Minnesota, as Fez mentioned. They've been outgained on the season on a per-game basis, and there's something about Washington and Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke is 8-2 and two ATS in his last 10 games as a starting quarterback, <laughs> okay? And one of those losses was by a half a point. So he could very easily be 9-1 and one ATS in his last 10 starts. We all know Washington backups since 2019 are 9-2-1 ATS. So I didn't the, know that. <laughs> we all <laughs> know that. I did mean, mention it last they? week okay. when talking about Washington. <laughs> so uh, there's something about Ron Rivera and, and gearing his team up with a backup quarterback. Speaking of Ron Rivera, he's the best, most profitable coach in the game following a win as an underdog. So after Ron Rivera's team's win, hmm. straight up as an underdog, the following game, 24-9 ATS. That's the best coach in the last 20 years in that spot. Now, Fez, that, 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 stat, that trend feels meaningful to me. I agree. Because it's like, how do you handle it? Is it, is it a celebration, rest, or is it focus ahead? Yes. Huh, okay. I just like this Washington team. I think they're better than advertised. Uh, there were There were times where... People were on them early in the season mm-hmm. on this podcast, and I'm yes. like, and I was like, yuck! Why are we? Why are people selecting the Washington? I think Commanders? we lost those games now. I think, <laughs> yeah, about. yeah. But after seeing them win three straight games now, playing with a little bit of confidence, I'm looking at the pass rush. I'm looking at the way that Heineke's carrying himself, and I'm thinking. I think there's some mojo here with this team. I like Heineke, and here's why. I consider him to be a very high IQ quarterback. So he spends the entire game against Indy dinking and dunking and not taking chances. And if you look at his A dot, it's as low as, you know, our air yards, uh, 
so what what makes up a yardage on a pass? Average depth of target. Uh, yeah, but what makes up yardage on the pass? It's the pass from or the the distance from the quarterback to the receiver, and then how far he runs after. Mm-hmm. So the 49ers are known be high yak yards after catch team. Washington it hasn't been particularly high, but Heineke hasn't thrown the ball hardly at all downfield generally. Exactly. So end of the game, 40 seconds left. Washington's out of their timeouts. Um, I think they actually had one left. They need 40 yards. Tick, tick. And here's Heineke, who's dinked and dunked all game long. He's like, you know what? It's time to go. It's time to risk it biscuit type of play. A.C.'s McLaurin, not open, but in a one-on-one ball, just chucks it up, lets his best player make a play. That is a play that Aaron Rodgers does not make anymore. All right, so doesn't the, want the interception. The theory is it's best for Heineke not to be thrown downfield a bunch, but there was a scenario where the risk was worth it, and he did it. Exactly. Okay. Like It would be similar to like it's fourth down on the goal line, yeah. and the running back reaches the ball out. Maybe he's going to fumble, but you have to do it because you're about to lose. I also think uh, looking at them and, and, and the way that ever since um, the, the running back who got shot. Uh, Ryan Robinson. Ever since he came back. Antonio Gibson has kind of slid into this, you know, slot receiver sort of um, role where he's having an impact. If you look at his past couple of games, he's caught a, t- a couple of touchdowns. He's doing well in the receiving. So aspect. like a Debo type, a guy yes. that could run. Or, okay, yes. it's like a Cordero Patterson. Like absolutely. Yeah. Is he yeah. off the punt team? <laughs> I think he's off the, the punt, punt coverage team. team? Also, yeah. the summer line in this game was pick him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now we have. Uh, Minnesota, because of their record, obviously being what it is, as a three and a half point road favorite. Let's do my favorite uh, practice here: flipping the sp- flipping the script. If this game was in Minnesota, would the Vikings be well above a touchdown favorite? And would we be saying, let's take the Vikings and lay eight points? My only beef with That's what you're compelling. saying right now is every time you've talked about the Giants for the last six weeks, you've said you are what your record says you are, and here you're saying the Vikings stink, even though they're you – know. Don't ask for well, consistency. Come you know on. what, AJ? The Giants are on a bye this week, so I can't take them. What do you want me to do? <laughs> this is the one week that the record doesn't matter. It's the underlying stats that matter. If it comes down to unhappy blows, I got the Rattler. <laughs> All right, so I don't care who can bench press the most. Let's look at some numbers here. Let's look at some numbers. So, Mackenzie, for the season, we adjust for, in each game, turnovers. We adjust for third downs or late downs. We adjust for red zone. We adjust for field goal attempts, uh, which, again, there's some luck in, especially if your opponent makes a field goal. It's hard to block a kick. Okay, H- how good – what's the upgrade or downgrade for Minnesota on the season, and where does it land them? Minnesota's an average team by our metrics. They're actually plus four per game on the straight-up margin. All right, so if you're just looking at the margin, they're winning by four a game. We're saying by about four points per game, they're overrated. They are an even team. Fez, where do you have them? I've got Minnesota one point better than the average team. All right. Now, Washington, give us the same numbers. Washington is minus four in the actual straight-up margin per game. We think they're two points worse than an average team. All right, so this has meant a six-point move inward between these teams where plus four, minus four is just the raw numbers. We're saying zero and minus two. Isn't it interesting? Eight points. I mean, you can tell the market isn't going that far, but three and a half ain't that far off in theory, right? Home field two. Right? Yep. So uh, it's interesting. They're saying there's like five and a half points of difference in these teams. We're saying no, it's more towards two. I like it. Now, by the way, just to, let's see how right Fez was looking at that game, Minnesota. All right, oh, so this, these stats are all of their stats for the season, not just the most recent game. What did our, what did our projections say for the game most recently with uh, Minnesota? 
when they uh, won, when they covered the spread. One second, I'll grab that. Yeah, because that one, I, I, I feel like we've been a little bit unfair to Minnesota, maybe in that one. But anyway, just to go through it real quick. We said it should have been a two-point win, so they got lucky in that game. Okay, okay. So, all right, so they should have, you said only one by two, which wouldn't have been a cover. Right. Yep. I got to tell you, this is, and, and the new thing we're doing is our fifth pick, our one way, we're going to keep open for people to convince us during the show. The leader in the clubhouse right now for me is Washington. I didn't pick this game, but I, I, I've been somewhat convinced. So through one game, the leader in the clubhouse. <laughs> well, <laughs> what I'm saying is it's a consideration. We're usually like with your next pick, I'm probably going to listen and be unmoved. That is probably true. <laughs> All right. So that is a best bat from Fez, a three-way from Scott. Washington five Commodores. And a three. The Washington Commodores. Commodores. Is that right? Is Lionel Richie? Like that. That? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on that game? Next up, my best bat. And I'm going with, for the first time, the Jacksonville Jags. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor but- Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it the way you do it. He's the same. <laughs> but we got a crossfire. He's stubborn. Scott Seidenberg. He bets sides and totals, but he comes from Seidenberg. All right. I'm going to, you know, I usually let you go first, but it's my five. I'll go first. Let's tell a story. In fact, we could go back in time a little bit. Fez, you might remember this. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think Jacksonville could win the Super Bowl, but I think a division bet's really good. That was you, Fez. You're right after they beat the Chargers. <laughs> you got a ticket in your pocket, don't you? I do. And at the time, not I- on the Super Bowl, but, but absolutely the division. I yes. know people were saying, "Oh, I could have got 125. Now I'm only getting 80 to one." RJ, were- no team has played eight consecutive quarters that were better than these Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> that would you back, said? I don't go even back. remember that. Yes. So here's the thing: I was a skeptic at the time. And all they've done since is lost, 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 lost. Now, listen, in general, if you bet a team, if you say, go to the database and show me a team that's won four straight games, how do they do the fifth? It's much worse against the spread than if they lost four straight. It just the market tends to overreact to negative news because the public bets the NFL more than every any other sport. So in the NBA team does that. I don't think that this would be the case because the sharps. I think it's the case, but since the market is a smaller percentage of the overall betting, it's much less the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, But here's the thing, is if they don't cover the spread, and Jacksonville hasn't been covering, and they get bet, that fact is amplified because people are losing their hard-earned money on I don't care if you're a pro or Fez, Silver Spoon— you start losing a couple days in a row with no, the games in a row with the team. You get sick of that. Makes sense. You don't want to push the button on that team anymore. And as a as a um, guy who bets for a living and gives out picks to my clients and has a big following, we've had this discussion. Boy, RJ, I don't think my client base can handle you know me giving out this team one more time. I'll just let That's them just know. That's just code that you can't handle. I'll either. just I'll just I'll just let them know. You know, I strongly lean to that team because I, because I'm like they, if if my clients have lost big and blowout losses on back to back games, they probably don't want to see that team for a third straight week. I've often said the best bets to make are the hardest bets to make. They're the ones that you don't want to make, but you know there's value mm-hmm. there. Is when I say Jacksonville right now. A lot of people are cringing. That means it's good. And I've luckily, I've had Jacksonville in a few of the contest plays because of Fez, but the fact is I haven't bet them with my own money, and thus I'm more comfortable now betting them with my own money because I always, it's, this happens seasonally too. Remember the Browns three years ago? 
They were the hot team. Everyone wanted to play them in the preseason. You know, the overwind total. They didn't have a good year. The next year, everyone was sick of hearing it. No way could they. They were a year more mature, ready to go. But And they made the playoffs that year. Well, that was the third year. You're spot on correct. After back-to-back years of the of the wise guys backing them with, with what's the, the coach? Oh, well, the wise guys were backing them like as 14-point <laughs> dogs like two years before. Right, that. where they had the horrible coach, and for two years they were terrible. But, uh, and then you're right. Then I bailed on them, and then they make the playoffs. It's often the year after or the game after that you think someone's going to do well. To me, I look at this and I think, well, wait a minute. It's a young team. They're back from London. You could say, oh, that's a problem. But they do this trip every year. I think it's less of a concern. They could have easily won that game. Coin flip game. They could have easily won. They were ahead won. in the fourth quarter. And now they're getting points at home Did against find a that team game? with one. Huh? Anyone find watch that game in London? I couldn't find it. ESPN oh, Plus? It. Was it was it? on Plus, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, there a lot of people didn't know how to even get. I said, plus. "Screw this!" At six at six forty in the morning, like I've I got things to do. I was texting Fez like at midnight the night before. He goes, uh, "I'm getting up for this uh, game. Uh, maybe I'll make that bet tomorrow morning." I thought it'd be easy to find. <laughs> not I, I. I didn't know I'd have to wake up Johnny to help me find it's on it. On ESPN Plus, exactly. Like Johnny, well, most people. If you if you watch Plus, you got Plus, right? If you don't, you I don't have know. it. I have it. I just don't know how to access it. So to me, this line makes zero sense. There's a one-win team. Is that right? The Raiders have – well, Scott, I should ask they you. They both have one. The Raiders – yeah, but I'm, I'm a no, home dog. Does Jacksonville have one or two? I think they have two. They have two. They won two They, they yeah, won two. Yeah. They got you excited. Yeah. So I got a team with less wins. Yeah. That's we're halfway through the season. It's a wins. road favorite. They right. had their worst performance. And for the first time I'm hearing talk of maybe this coach isn't the right coach now, with the let Raiders. Let me ask you one thing, second before we go to Scott. Now, now the Raiders just got shut out. Which mm-hmm. is a good subset. Team gets shut up. Maybe the McKenzie worse you can, are, the better. Maybe yeah. McKenzie can query that I team agree off. With that. Of, and they stayed in Florida. So, so, so they flew to Florida. So they were in Florida all week long, which I always like. Mm-hmm. Now that is a great point. Go ahead. Bezik, that's that's because we have some interesting travel situations for both of One these teams. One quick thing, though. One quick thing. When he puts more bass in his voice, it means he has less real content. I've now noticed that about <laughs> it. So go ahead. But if, you ever, if there's ever a miniseries for acting, we do Shakespeare or something, Seidenberg is on the top of my call list. The Jaguars are coming from London, as RJ mentioned. Only nine times in NFL history has a team returned home from London and played the following week without a bye week. Every single one of those teams was either tied or losing in the fourth quarter of their next game. I luckily, luckily, I'm just, yeah, luckily, I'm getting points here. No, wait, okay. no, no I, I love this because you did this before, honestly. But all I care about is whether the, they covered the game. Why? Why are they suddenly great? The opponents' team totals in game in, the opponents' team totals in those nine games seven and two to the over, which means the defenses are allowing the opponents to score points. And I think that if the Raiders are able to get off the schneid scoring points, which they put up a big goose egg last week, I don't think the Jaguars hang with them. We have a Vegas team that stayed in Florida this week, and every person on the team is talking about how the experience is positive for them. Derek Carr, quote, we're around each other. We're in the hotel. We're together. Hopefully guys get around each other. There's nothing Hopefully. else. There's nothing else to do. There's nowhere to go. We're in the hotel. This, this sounds good. This sounds. Where, where is Clearwater? And Florida? I think they're in Clearwater. That's south of Georgia. And we're working. Thank you. That's the only thing that's going to fix it. <laughs> doing all of the things Josh is laying out the plan. Are going you still reading? Are you still week. reading? 
End quote. <laughs> Bottom line is, they've been <laughs> stewing over this shutout loss. They've been together in this training camp-like atmosphere all week, doing nothing, no distractions, besides fixing mistakes. You are going to see a sharper, crisper Raiders team. <laughs> sharper than zero points. Zero point. You are going zero. to see arguably the best effort from the Raiders this week after being shut out last week, after being confined away from their well, families the second, the second, for a whole The week second here. best effort would be a close loss. So but let me ask let me ask you this, Scott. This is like, Scott's making great points. Well, who's no, he's made one point. He's making a great point. <laughs> who's better? The Raiders or Jacksonville? The Raiders. I'm not even sure about that. Why is love for Jacksonville? The, ja- it's like, it's like the you, Jaguars you, are three and thirteen ATS in their last sixteen games. Why does everyone love if Jackson? Urban Meyer, if Urban Meyer was the issue. So what have they done this year? Why, why do we love the I this actually year? agree they, with They got Fez's money for division? I actually agree, I agree with Scott. I, I do have the Raiders slightly better. But where, where I'm going here is the Raiders are laying one and a half. And uh-huh. They're the road team. All right? So they don't have to just be better. They Four and have, a half points. They have to be what Jacksonville's got, like a one for a home field. Okay, okay. So the, the summer line was three. three. That's an interesting point. Well, one, Jacksonville looked a lot better than anyone expected. I mean, right now, Jacksonville is up compared to preseason power rankings. Yes. I, I, I'm tell- This spread right here. Well, well is- Vegas, Vegas was playing three for the half. Vegas was yeah, playing summer. Yeah, yeah, this Vegas. spread right here is all about recency bias. The Raiders got shut out. They look terrible. Everyone's negative about them. The Jaguars, who have been everyone's darlings all season, despite only going two and six well, on mean, the year, hold on had a, a hard-fought game. Hold on, the look ahead line closed. The look ahead line closed at one and a half. It's one and a half. Jacksonville so, plus one and a half. Yeah. So the, the look ahead opened Jacksonville plus two. two. At the close, it was one and a half. Now it's one and a half. So this week in net, even things out. Mm-hmm. So now you you mentioned Fez. The record, a team that's off a shutout, and it's always a loss. Is there a shutout tie? Not, yeah. Yeah. not in our database. Could, yeah. Not in our. Da- it could be. I don't think there's been one. You know. You know. You I'm sure there has. Well, the Broncos will work on that. There was <laughs> almost one. Like the, your 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 Steelers didn't they play a three zero game against Miami and in monsoon? That was an easy win. That one. I remember yeah. that game. Mm-hmm. I think that was like Monday night. Um, I think they didn't score the three till like six minutes left <laughs> yeah. in the game. Big Ben comes through again, baby. Anyway. 55 percent, 127 and 101, meaning a team shut out. The public does tend to overreact. In this case, the market didn't move, so it's hard to think that there was an overreaction. And in fact, they bet on Las Vegas, but I think they bet on this Clearwater news that that they the line was pick them like when it first opened. I saw and immediately money on the Raiders, and I think the word was out. Oh, the Raiders are sticking around on the East Coast. Now here's the question: Josh McDaniel, Belichickian or Belichick uh, tree. What is the story on Belichick? Is if he didn't have the hardware, if he didn't have all those type people in this day and age wouldn't put up with his the toughness of his camps, of his stayovers, whatever they're doing. You listen to that. If you got through the, let me talk about it like this voice from Scott, it would have been like that. This sounds bad. It sounds like almost like a ransom or a um a kid, someone kidnapped, is sending like a note and it's it's cut up and like the magazine. It's like we got nothing to do. We're just here with each other. It could be great. I mean, like if you really parsed that, it didn't sound all that good. And I, I, I took it as a positive. I, I like my quarterback saying we got nothing to do. We got nothing to do. 
but work. Couldn't you just write the ransom note with, your, about le- with your left did, hand? Why did Wouldn't Rock- that be a lot easier than cutting out all those letters from the newspaper? Why did Ro- Why did Apollo <laughs> take Rocky to L.A.? Huh? Get uh, out of the distractions Polly and did, just Polly work. didn't like it. No, because he's got a reputation to uphold. But and why did Rocky go to Russia to train to get? You got to get away from Adrian to get away from his wife. Yeah, and then she showed she, up anyway. She knew he couldn't win. But you got to get away from the distractions and you just got to get back to business. This is I, I no, love. I, the I think Raiders. generally that's true. I love the back. Raiders not going do, back do, home do, and staying do, in Florida. All right, everyone's too comfortable now. Here's what I'm going to say though: is back to the Belichick thing. McDaniel was. Had a disastrous tenure in Denver. He went and did like eight years of penance. Hey, I've finally figured this out. I know when to be tough, when not to be tough. We have Patricia just recently doing the same thing, alienating everyone in the building. Now, you guys all live in Vegas with me. Hasn't the narrative this week for the first time been, I wonder if we got the right coach? Yes. Yes. That's early to be thinking that. I hear Michael Mayock wouldn't be, would have more than one win. (laughs) We got a play, we handed him a playoff team, is what I heard this week. We handed him a 10 win playoff team, and look what we got now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't think that those players aren't wondering, their stats aren't as good as they were. I mean, Carr was being talked about for the Hall of Fame. Right, and now it's like, now is, he even gonna, is he going to be gone after this year? Although you can, besides last week, Josh Jacobs is having a, a resurgence. Season. No doubt, no doubt. And if you add it up, it's one win. Yeah, and just in time for wins. them to have not picked up one his fifth year option. So they got the two Raiders? wins. Yeah. Who'd they beat? They beat the oh, Broncos yeah. and the Texans. That's right. Oh. I mean, two world beaters, but still. All right. Well, so, hey, Denver's a nice win. <laughs> so I'm sorry. Two go ahead, and five, two and six. What were you saying? Uh, I was saying that he's having a resurgence just in time to realize they didn't pick up his fifth year option. So now he's gonna lo- he's gonna walk. Well, good, yeah. Which in theory, I guess who's gonna pay him is the question, yeah. right? So to me, I think that net net, I agree that generally team staying over is a good thing. I think a team in turmoil with questionable leadership. And I think that's the key. If, if they are rallying around this guy, yeah. But do you think they want this hard ass that doesn't win? Isn't that fair to say that's who this guy is as a head coach? A hard ass that's out of his time, meaning it's not 1987, but he doesn't even win. You know, this is a great point. Because hard so. asses are fine. If you, you win. Know what? If winning is fun. So if you're, you, 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 you can walk through fire when you're winning, but... Yeah, players, nobody, players nobody like needs to. Be nobody when needs, they win. Nobody needs to work at freaking Arby's and get screamed at. Screw that. <laughs> I mean, you know? remember Doogie Howser couldn't keep that job for a whole week. I didn't know that episode. Oh, one time you never saw this. No. One, one time he was a doctor and he was all like upset with his stress. And his little buddy Max, what was his name? It was his uh, buddy Max. I, I didn't watch but his little that. buddy goes, "Oh, you should work the job I do at McDonald's." He goes, "I could do that." And then he bet his VCR could he keep a job at McDonald's for two weeks. They were screwed. What's wrong with you, Hauser? He quit. They do that like like he lost his VCR. Yeah. The oh, undercover man. CEO Brutal. tries to work like at a cashier yeah, all yeah. the time, and they all get fired. They can't do it. So my point is, I you got to wonder: Does this Raider team think what's the point of all this? Maybe we got the wrong guy. I don't know. But I think this line you got to have some reason to explain this line. Mackenzie, do me a favor. Pull up um, the EPA. Do ninety six four, and let's just look for the season. You know, net where the Raiders are, where Jacksonville is, mm-hmm. offense and defense. And we'll, we'll kind of see what EPA yeah. says. AJ, what's your take on this game? Uh, the thing that worries me, the only thing that really worries me for the Jags is that coming back from London without rest. And This is the team that's made the trip more than any other that chose that they have a choice to take a bye or not. They chose not to. And, and the, the, the team total of opponents is 7-2 seven seven to the over. 
for those teams. Who I come like back that. Short I, so the theory is if if you do like Jacksonville, if that holds up, Jacksonville in the over, it's probably, a high scoring game, right? Mm-hmm. Or just bet Raiders if you like. Now, would you say forgetting the contest, Raiders team total, you like more than the game? Yes. It's right. 23 and a half. Yes. Ooh. So now I could see that, but I also see it being a high scoring game both ways. Need Waller to play. He's a big, you know, question mark. He was cu- he was a, a scratch at the last minute this she most recent play. game. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was going to play last week. Did so. you say, did you say she should play? No. Oh, I okay. may have, but I, I misspoke I if I said that. <laughs> yes, I probably did say that. All right. What we got, McKenzie? On offense, Jaguars are the 16th best team, Raiders are the 12th. All right. On defense, Jaguars are the 21st best team. The Raiders scrolling, scrolling 30th. Oof. All right, so we're saying a nine-point deficit versus four. Who's worse than the Raiders on defense? Uh, all, yeah, go ahead. Falcons and Lions. All right, that looks all exactly makes sense. Right. Yeah. So my point is offense is more important, but still when you have a nine-point spread or nine-slot spread versus four, it's hard looks to pretty say. pretty equal. That's equal. That's what I think it is. I think these teams are equal. I think motivationally you can question the Raiders, but I'm at home and I'm getting points. It's my best bet. Next up. Scott's gotten enough attention. AJ, your best bet. I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks plus two at Arizona. Oh, just the 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 bus is pulling out, and you're just jumping on it the last minute. <laughs> you may recall, actually, flying high, the Rattler. That's all right. I didn't have to change much on my handicap from three weeks ago that when I said the problem. exact same thing. We've, you've been on Seattle, yes. uh, yeah, and, on this ride. And when they played three weeks ago, guess what? Arizona didn't score a touchdown. Shocker. Mm-hmm. It, it, I said then, and I'll say it again. Arizona is worse everywhere. Seattle's just a better team than Arizona. Uh, Seattle had six sacks in that game. Here's the deal. They're better on defense, better at running back, better at wide receiver, better on the O-line, and now they are, in my opinion, firmly better at quarterback. They also have a coaching edge, particularly in these roles. Kingsbury, 9-15 ATS as a favorite, 38%. Pete Carroll, 45 and 28 as a dog, 62%. This was the same number you got in Seattle. It was Seattle plus two home dogs against Arizona a few weeks ago. Uh, it, so now we they've got to go to Arizona. Oh, no, not Arizona. <laughs> the house of horrors for visiting teams. Not really. Kingsbury, 11 and 17 ATS at home. Before the Saints game two weeks ago, you have to go back to week seven of 2021 to find the Cardinals' last home win, and that was against the Houston Texans. The Cardinals have no home field advantage. Seattle is better everywhere. I love getting points here with the Seahawks. You mentioned Pete Carroll's record as an underdog. I'll go one step further. Pete Carroll and Geno Smith together as underdogs, 8-3 and three ATS. Nice. So he's been covering with his new quarterback. So I jumped out for some water for 30 seconds. Have you talked about the defense recently? I've not. Okay, so if you look at EPA again, and Mackenzie pulled that, uh, last three games, and this is when there's been a turn, it seems, Seattle's defense, they were third, if I remember, in the entire league, third on defense. So this, and this is a team that struggled the first month. They were playing time. 30 to 37 games. I mean, that Detroit game was the extreme yeah. of that, right? Yeah. So Geno Smith, if you look at his stats and everything, there's been a little regression, but he's still in that fifth, still six, the seven. top 18. Yeah, it's, I mean, t- it's 20. Tough, it's 20. Yeah, yeah, top seven or so. And if you look at EPA defensively, and if you don't know EPA, it's expected points added, which every individual play is graded by where you are on the field. 
So if you went like uh, Gale Sayers and went like 18 yards left, 18 yards right, and gained three yards, all that matters is you're three yards further than you were before. Was that more or less than expected? And that's, it's either adding to your points or, or subtracting from your points. Um, what's great about it is you're able to look at any group of plays, all fourth downs, and they're all individually, you add them together, you can have that sum, and it tells you a story. Well, Seattle actually is second on defense. Right? Tennessee one, Seattle two, Jets three, New England four, Minnesota five. This is defense the last three games. EPA does not adjust for strength of schedule, so we can debate that or not. But they are number one DVOA the last three weeks. Oh, is that right? Tennessee number two defensive DVOA. The uh, the the Seahawks number one. DVOA actually does account for quality of opposition. Yes. So Seattle gave up thirteen last week. Uh, Giants touchdown, two yard touchdown drive. Wow. So you're saying even the scoreboard was deceiving. Phony touchdown for the Giants. Yeah. What, what concerns me with the pick is the look ahead was three. Right now it's two, and literally that's your whole edge. Assuming that the three was going to win 56, 57. Right. If the three was going to win 61, you'd have to believe that. It's tough for me. It feels like last point, Seattle kind of had the valid victory talk in the media after that game. Why the heck didn't we bet the three? <laughs> it does feel like that, that they were taking their bows a little bit mm. last week. And it was the first time I sensed that. I don't like that. Yeah, I, I do like all the chemistry of Seattle. You know, one of the things, um, one of their wide receivers, you know, gives away that touchdown, fumbles on his own. Tyler Lockett. Lockett. And sometimes you see guys, they get in the doghouse or they pout, and then Lockett just played a great game the rest mm-hmm. of the way. High character. And I think the Russell Wilson stuff, in contrast, is fueling this for Seattle. They're like, oh, you heard the, the, the post-game presser where Lockett was like, yeah. it's nice when no one takes credit. For the success. Yeah, it's amazing what we can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit. Ah. Now, they're saying if you watch that whole tape, he was was looking around at his guys and it was more of a camaraderie thing. Yeah. uh, Still, let's ride. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. He seems to be leaning into it, which I kind of like. I mean, he can become a villain in a way, Russell. Uh, So, Fez, if you had to play this, what would you play? Seattle. But you didn't make I, it one of yours. I, I didn't, but you know it's compelling. You get you have the clearly better team catching points. It's hard to argue with again in, in a subpar home field advantage spot. Same question. It would be Seattle. The question is: Does John Idzik, the former Jets general manager who only lasted one season, does he deserve a little bit of credit here? He drafted Geno Smith in the second round. You could make the case that they it, deserve more blame that they yeah. ha- took a talent yeah. like this and couldn't do anything. It's like, with it. it's but, like it's, but where was Idzik before he went to the Jets? He was in Seattle with Pete Carroll, Ooh. and maybe that's why he called up Pete and said, hey, you should sign this guy a couple of years. Or you maybe know. someone like like put together a keynote ticket and this five numbers hit. You know, it's just yeah. random. I, that's also, true. Could be random. <laughs> well, why don't you go quarterback then? Or select quarterbacks. <laughs> I also think it's funny that, you know, we were, we're not too far removed from people talking about Pete Carroll as being done as an NFL head coach. Well, a lot of idiots. And now people are all talking about Cliff King, like, Arizona websites are talking about oh, Cliff Kingsbury needs I to be re- fired. That's a great point. I love the fact that it's public that you know that that the, that Murray, the quarterback, is yelling at his head coach. Yeah, I don't I don't see the, how that can be a recipe. The chemistry for that you see on the Seattle sideline is like the exact opposite of what you see on the Arizona side. I mm. would say this though: the analytics people that were anti-Carroll and and I guess they're not talking as much now. 
they also were not Kingsbury fans either. Mm. There, there is a, it's a special formula. You gotta, you know, you gotta <laughs> always go for it on fourth. That's the key. You always, that's the starting point. If you don't always go for it, you can't be in well, the club. I like that. Yeah. Um, this home field, it's illogical, Fez, that Arizona's better on the road. The numbers, though, now moving on to what? What? What's your home number now? For? One in nine. All right. So that's more than a season's worth of home games. Do we think there's something to it? Yeah. Arizona, Most math guys are going to say it's random. I, I, I disagree with the math guys. Arizona is a suburb of Los Angeles. It's the classic fair weather city where you give me a playoff team, I'll you, jump on the bandwagon. But they, they were a playoff team all – they started undefeated last year, like up to that Green Bay game. As soon as, soon as Arizona's mediocre, they lose all their home field advantage. No but, one But this 1-9 goes back to when they were yeah. undefeated. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, could have been – Okay. Yeah, they, that's that's true. They, I keep forgetting they went eleven and five. So even worse because they know they stink this year. So they they have no home field. But that would make it new. How I don't know the why they had be better. That I that it can't be. It can't be. <laughs> so the math guys are right. It's just yeah, the math guys are right. So, I, but I do think at some point it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. You hear that enough, and now it affects the players, right? Because you, if you're told you don't win here. And it's tied late. Are you going to be confident? And it sucks when you look around and the and stadium's full of the the opponent's fans, you know, and no one's you know backing you. Well, and and I think the the fans t- they take note of that, not just the team, but the fans. Like Seattle and Kansas City, those are play- Buffalo places that take pride in having a big home field edge, so the fans like show it. Mm-hmm. I think if you're constantly told you guys are the worst home field advantage, then the fans feel like, oh, well, what? Do- what are we going to do? What? Yeah, many felt like that it was the Seattle fans that single-handedly blew Denver out in the Super Bowl. That 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 you know that that crowd noise in the first mm. quarter totally you know decided the game before it even started. Especially in the Super Bowl, that's unusual. Yes. All right, we are the Dream Preview. I'm R.J. Bell with the Round Table, the last best bat. Now this is the guy. What's our updated records for his best bats? I'll have to I'll have to grab. I it. lost it last week. It was the Cincinnati, but still free Jamar Chase news. Good. That's true. That's true. And again, we whatever we pick here is what gets counted because it's what we believe yes. as of now. Here's what happens: if the line moves, and we cover because of the early pick, we take our bows. If someone gets announced injured, we accept it. So, but still, a good record. We'll have it here in a second. But your best bet? Uh, it is a triple like. Okay. My five weight, AJ's four weight, and RJ your three weight. Ooh. The New England Patriots. I finally come around to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> to me, this is comes down to two names. One name is Sam Ellinger. The other name is Bill Belichick. Ooh, I've heard that name. Bill Belichick, 25-6 and six straight up against rookie quarterbacks. 14-0 straight up and 10-4 and ATS at home against rookie quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. We got a Colts team in here that is in complete disarray. Jonathan Taylor is not 100%. Don't know if he's going to be active for this game. He's not really practicing. Naeem Hines is gone. They traded him away. The guy who they got in return, Zach Moss, is probably not going to have an impact. They signed another backup. Uh, They could activate Phillip Lindsay's. Running back depth is just a mess with this team. And even with a healthy Jonathan Taylor, he has not been good this season. Certainly not the same running back that he was last season. I don't think anybody is going to debate that point. Jonathan Taylor this season has just been a a shell of himself. What, 462 yards and only one touchdown on the season? 
That's not the guy that was one of the candidates for Offensive Player of the Year and MVP last year. Hey, and missed practice be, today, by the way. I don't I, know if he's going to yeah, play. Yeah. The year's going to be half over after this game. So you look That's, at you look at what the Patriots do well, which is Bill Belichick making you one-dimensional or, or going and taking something away from you. They already don't have a running game. And now Bill Belichick just has to defend against Sam Ellinger. And based and upon pa- what we saw last week, I think he had like five carries for 12 yards. I don't think we have to worry about a, a situation like, remember Chicago where Fields was just faster yeah. than the Patriots? Yep. Ellinger's not faster than defenders. No, That's clear. This to me is, uh, in fact, when I saw this spread, I was surprised it wasn't a touchdown because I think this is going to be a, a runaway Patriots victory. All right. So, oh, oh, real quick, um, Scott's record here, and we're, we're actually no one below 500. <laughs> Um, we're 20 and 12 combined on best bets. Even better if you think we've had crossfire best bets, which yep. obviously one's going to win, one's going to lose. We want to pull that out. Um, so Scott six and two entering. AJ six and two. Fez and I both four and four. You know, Fez, when the A guys are behind, that's a good sign because you know yep. the A guys are coming. We got back. depth. I, a deep bench here, no doubt. Um, I got a few thoughts in this game, but why don't you go first, AJ? Yeah, just think about what the Colts are facing this week. You've got a second-year quarterback making his second career start, his first-ever road start. So let's be clear. He's saying rookie. The stats that we usually quote are first or second year. Yep. The theory is, though, even if the guy was six years in, if it's his first or second start, it's, second start, it's yeah. kind of a phenomenon yes. of inexperience. Mm-hmm. So now you, you add in it's his first road start. You also add in they just fired his OC, so now he's got a, a totally new offensive coordinator. Now add in that Bill Belichick's on the other side of the field, and mm. the Patriots over the last four weeks have been the fourth best defense per DVOA. We just we talked about those stats with Seattle. New England's been very good as well. The Colts are trading away weapons. Uh, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor missing practice. It just seems like everything is going wrong. And then you look over at the other side, the offensive line that couldn't protect Matt Ryan all year. Now you look over and there's Matt Judon, mm-hmm. who leads the league in sacks. Oh, yeah, Matt Judon. This ju- it's just a terrible situation for Sam Ellinger and the Colts. I also saw this trend online. So the total in this game is 39 and a half. So it's expected to be a low-scoring game. Bill Belichick in his career, where the game total is below 40, or actually just over the last 20 years, where the game total is below 40. Belichick is 31-10-1 ATS. That's a good trick. That that fits with the old the old school offenses. Yeah. He does well against because he was, you know, with LT and the Giants, that's the kind of offense he was scheming against. The new stuff, he doesn't have as much, you know, he's more in line with everyone else. How are there any Brady games totaled at 40 or less? Well, remember that. Could have been weather games. Could have been well, just. See, I think more now. Remember now, the defense used to be is one of the best defenses in the league. With well, Brady. even last year. Wasn't last year that a historically good defense? Uh, but Brady sure. used to be a game manager. Yeah, that's on. what I'm saying. I mean, first, from first 2007, you know. But it, another point. The average total used to be That's between it. 37 and 44. Almost yeah, 44 right. was the high total. 37 was low. If it was above 44, it was crazy high. If it was below 37, it was crazy low. I think the key, and I'm going to do this and I'll report on it on Twitter, is how many points below that year's average total. So if you say a game uh, okay. that's like four points or more below the average uh-huh. total, because a total now of 44 is like a total back in the day of 39. Scoring is down this year, though. Yeah, but, but, even yeah. with, but even with that downturn, it's still four or five points above uh-huh. what it was. Yeah. Right, because it's like 43 instead of 
you know, like you said, 40. And I, I didn't say this, is, but this is my four weight as well. And oh, well, yeah. yeah, come with it. And the, the Colts, by the way, on the road, averaging 10.5 points per game. Uh, ten and a half. I honestly don't think they're going to score. I don't. I don't think. Why is this line so low? Because in a way, if you look at the look ahead, all right, New England was a six point favorite in the look ahead close. It's five and a half. What happened last week? I mean, the Colts played. I I think you they they probably should have won that game by one. yeah, Yeah. So what I'm saying is they were maybe if things had gone right in line with expectations. At best, yes. And then New England. They won that game. Cl- I mean, listen, you could say, well, if there wasn't a roughing the passer and that picks it, but you add it up, they covered the spread. They were in control of that game, the whole game, pretty much. I, I'm on an island. I downgrade them a half point, and, but, but nobody else did. All right, but under that theory, you had to downgrade the Colts, too? No, because the Colts. So, so one yeah, team covers, right, yes. the other team does it, but all one right. team gets downgraded. Right. I mean, so I don't understand what the market's doing here. I think it's that the, here's what I think. Whenever there's something the math guys can't quantify with a decimal point, they get confused by it. They get, and to me, a big part of this handicap, here's the thing. If Matt Ryan was still the quarterback, and I've talked to people who believe that Ellinger is in that range with the way Ryan was playing, that he's got some legs. He, he's not a running quarterback, but he can scramble a little bit. Let's he, he ran a lot less than I thought he was going to run. Because it's the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still remember the Pat White. I talk about this play once a year. Pat White out of West Virginia yeah. was f- with the Dolphins. Number two. And I think it was a preseason game, but now I think about No, it was late in the year, and he, re- he finally got in. I think Parcells might have still been coached. Does that sound right? I don't know. But in my mind, I'm thinking. And he ran around left, and, and instead of going out of bounds, he st- headed up the sideline, and Ryan Clark was coming full speed right for where he was going to be, and he hit him. He never played another snap in the NFL. I mean, it was like he hit him so hard, he just never played again. Just like the, the, the movie The Program where the middle <laughs> linebacker got blindsided. I, I mean, it's like in the NFL, these guys are getting mansions if they knock you out because – you get a tough yeah. rap, you you know, and instead of a targeting penalty, you don't get to play next some, week. Sometimes the mansion's paid for it to play for the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> but but the fact of the matter is, it who can run in the NFL? There's a there's four or five people. That, I mean, who's the running quarterback in the history of the or not the history, but currently on earth? Lamar Jackson, Lamar. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Fields. Justin Fields. Yeah, and these are some of the great – these are guys that could be decathletes yes. if they wanted to be. Sam Ellinger was a really good college running quarterback. So was Trevor Lawrence at times, though. Yeah, that's and, true. And, you know, and like, now he's a pussy. Yeah. Wow, no. How, how dare you? Yeah, listen to Faz. Listen Where to Faz. Where did that come from? He's just trying to fit in, I think. So, so to I want to have cool friends. So to me, if you can say that the quarterback situation is comparable to, to what it was with Ryan – but what about the disruption in the locker room? What about the chances are our coach isn't going to be here yeah. next year? What, what about them trading people away? And listen, we're going to talk about trades in some of these games. You made a great point implicitly. If you got two guys that are equally good and they swap between teams, this week both teams suffer. Yes. Because they're both trying to ado- adapt to the new circumstances, yep. the new playbook. So if anything, even if it's a trade that helps in the midterm, it hurts you early. So now if you're trading for a draft choice or something, like Pittsburgh lost Claypool and they're gaining back a draft choice, they're worse. It's just objectively Mm -hmm. worse. But I think, if anything, the disruption in the Colts locker room sways me here. That's why it's a triple like. I like New England. Fez, what what, what kept you off this game? Power ratings. 
Uh, and what's those numbers set? I, three points difference between the two teams. All right, so home field for New England two, right? Yeah, so power. So, so even, I only get the I get the five. So and with what was your adjustment for quarterback for the Colts last week? A point downward. And you kept that. Yes. All right. All right. So if anything, I think the worst case you can make is this line's right, mm-hmm. and if you don't think that there's any disruption or any of that effect, then the line's right. Exactly. All right, good stuff. All right, so let's keep going. We're going to our four weights here, and Fez keeps honors. You've got Cincinnati, Carolina. This is a double like, by the way. Scott's also on it. I'm on the Bengals, minus the seven. This is my four weight. I want to ask you guys, who's better? The Bengals playing Carolina. Who's better, Carolina or the Cleveland Browns? I think Cleveland Browns. Browns. I agree. Well, they did play a very close game. All right. First game of the year. So, so the Bengals just played Cleveland because it was Halloween night, and it was I had the Halloween candy and out in front of me. And fascinating story. The line on that was three and a half. <laughs> the Bengals were laying three and a half, and they were on the road. So if they'd been home against well, Cleveland. It, it was three. It was it was close three and a half. It all was right, three right. and a half. It was, you're right. It was it was one of those like do you measure what it was yeah. for for half Ch- the day? Chase brought it to three, but then it got back up with the public money on Monday. Right. Call it three and a quarter. It was Halloween, by the way. There was that, candy. That's the orange I, helmets I had a Reese's and uniforms. Yeah. So if we flip it, that means that since he would have been laying seven and a quarter at home against Cleveland. Well, if Cincinnati should lay seven and a quarter against Cleveland, that was deemed to be a reasonable line. How in the hell can they lay seven and a quarter at home against Carolina? Arguably one of the two worst teams in the NFL. They simply can't be. This is an overreaction to the Bengals' no-show on Monday Night Football. I'm all over the line value with the Bengals here laying the seven. Could so, not agree more. And, and let me ask you a question. Do the Bengals score 17 points on Sunday? <laughs> yes. Well, if they do, the Panthers are still 1-29 straight up, 6-24 and 24 against the spread when their opponent scores 17 points or more since 2020. But what kind of a bet would you have made that the Bengals would have scored 17 points last week? I understand that, but I'm glad you bring that up, AJ, <laughs> because we are betting on Bounce Back Burrow. Why do we call him Bounce Back Burrow? Because since he was drafted, Joe Burrow's the best quarterback in the NFL off of a loss. 12-4 and four ATS after a loss is Bounce Back Burrow. It's also, this game, there's been 10 times that the Bengals have scored 20 points, or excuse me, less than 20 points. The following game, those following nine games, bounce back Burrow, 8-1 and one ATS. So, and they've covered the spread by 6.7 points per game in those games. So, bounce back Burrow, fade the public uh, recency bias, Bengals win big at home. I'm going to go. I also like three and one ATS on short rest for Joe Burrow. That's it. I, I always worry about, particularly young I think quarterbacks short on short great. rest. When you have a bad game, I think it's better to have one less day. I, you want to get back on the field. They quick. only had to play three quarters on Monday night. That's the game was decided. <laughs> I, do, I do worry, though, that like there was a major change with the Bengals. Their receiver's gone. Mm-hmm. The first time we see them, they, they look cracking, like. Cracking, cracking brewskis already? Yeah. <laughs> They look like the 2006 Bengals all of a sudden. Like, th- that's bad. Like, what we saw the Bengals on were Monday. good in 2006. No, no, hold on, hold on. His point's my point. What is, there's a, there's a brain drain, or maybe it wasn't ever there, on the Bengals' offensive side of the ball. I mean, let's be honest. This coach is not a great coach. The defensive guy gets a lot of good uh, uh, notices. Offensively, no. And now you have an offense that was leveraging that he had to be double chase mm-hmm. 
every play. They had to roll people that way, as they say. And now two becomes one, three becomes two. Whoever becomes three, it's a major difference. It's not just the catches he makes. It's the gravity of Chase. you got to have a good coach to figure out how to account for that. Obviously, that didn't happen Monday night. Do we think it happens on a short week? Yeah, it's a good question. But what the Bengals did differently, and it's what they were doing early in the season when their offense stunk, they were throwing a bunch of balls behind the line of scrimmage. Like, it feels like Jamar Chase opens up everything down the field. Yeah, of course he does. And without him, I don't know if there is a down-the-field game. And if there's not a down-the-field game, I've seen this Bengals offense, and, and they're terrible. Now, Fez, let me play devil's advocate here. The Texas Walker Ranger dude, <laughs> PJ, best throw of the season by Patrick Mahomes' own Twitter account. No doubt. Is this guy's got a cannon. They they didn't let him unleash it in a way with that early start. But since then, this team has been sh- – I mean, let's be honest. It, it, I think it's gotten lost somehow. Carolina needed to make an extra point. To win and, the game. And they would have won the game. And because the guy took off his jersey. His helmet. His helmet. helmet which, by the way. It wasn't even his jersey. Which, by the way, uh, there's been conversations after the game uh, now that because he was off the field when he took his helmet off, it shouldn't have been called a penalty. Because it's a penalty when you take your helmet off on the field. He was... He was in the crowd. He was yeah. well out of bounds when he took his helmet off. It shouldn't have been flat. Because they don't want everyone with their helmet off mugging for the well, camera, that, right? It's, but it's also a safety rule. Can't take your helmet off uh, that's uh, a on good the field. Point. That's a good point. So he yeah. was off the field, took his helmet off, and I guess you could still call unsportsmanlike for taunting or whatever you could have called it. That's how you justify a penalty anyway. It was like the Cal College game yeah, with yeah. the band. I mean, to some degree, this is such an amazing play. Why do you want something like that to get in the way of it? Sure. I mean, listen, Elijah Moore got flagged at Ole Miss for, for pretending to pee on the goalpost. So, I mean, players do stupid things. I know <laughs> that, but what I'm saying is if you're the if we think about what you know, you, 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 they say there's never hardly pass interference on a Hail Mary, right? Mm-hmm. Even though by the rule, it, there might that happens be. happens almost every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're saying it wouldn't be in the spirit of the game. I yes. agree. When you make one of the greatest catches and or throws this year. Yeah, celebrate. Mean, and you're celebrating. Do we really want that to sway the game? No. I agree. I no, and in, fa- I, I in fact, Diggs did exactly the same thing when he, he, he the the Metropolitan Miracle. He ripped mm-hmm. his helmet off. It was an identical play. No one even questioned that there should have been a flag on that play. Now, imagine if they would have had a flag on that play. Oh, the referee should be fired immediately. I mean, it's like dude, the, the game is bigger than you. Now, the guy still had a 47-yard extra point, but still that becomes 50-50 or whatever. Still had a 32-yard field goal in overtime. Yeah, but even your... so, it <laughs> took away from it took away yes, from yes. that play, which is going to get lost to history now. You know, the Bengals lost their best playmaker, but you know, at some point, losing C-Mac is going to be a problem for Carolina. I mean, but, but, but history says no, because when he's been out in the past, they've played better offensively. Is, is that right? The that's, theory, that's and we talked about this like two years ago, the theory is – that going through your running back and running more is negative. Even if you've got a good back, teams feel an obligation to feed them the ball when in truth throwing more would be better. That's the theory. That you get the good back out of there and it stops you from feeling like you have to run. Mm. And I think part of what's making P.J. Walker better is he's more willing to go down the field now. And unlike these other Panthers quarterbacks who have been running out there, He's got. He feels like he's got nothing to lose. Like Baker Mayfield was playing for his next contract, so he just didn't want to make mistakes. He, you know, and PJ Walker's like you're like t- like Tin Cup at the U.S. Open. Basically that, yeah. It's just, it's <laughs> fired that, down there. Is that a little wind picking up there? 
It's ten cup line. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, the guys. Oh, that's a great. I love that. The best line is when he, he keeps trying to hit it, and he goes, "I can hit this." He goes, "Then do it." It was <laughs> awesome. Um, what have you done with Carolina since the quarterback? I mean, because the last two weeks have been impressive. Yeah, I, I bumped Carolina point and a half. I said, I said, the, up I a just point the, and a half from yeah, just the past week where I just said, you know what, I got him too low. I, I like that this PJ Walker is a much better quarterback than I thought that he would be. I'm bumping, even though even though it was a coin flip game. Normally, I wouldn't. I would never bump a team that much. It's more of a reevaluation that you're seeing the whole. Uh, future differently because of what you're seeing out of him. Exactly. My, my take is, you know, I just looked at it and I said, Detroit, Chicago, Carolina, I can't have Carolina worse than Detroit and Chicago. That's That just doesn't make any, that doesn't pass my reasonability test. It was, the Chicago's upgraded too, you got to think, right? I don't know. Boy, that offense seems a lot better. I mean, we'll yeah, get the, to Yeah, well, it, it's one of those things. <laughs> I, I like betting overs more in Chicago games. And by the way, uh, Deontay Foreman, since he's taken over as the lead back in Carolina, 200-yard games. Christian McCaffrey, the six games he played this year with Carolina, two 100-yard games. Mm. So it's, the, the running game's been far more effective without Christian McCaffrey there. Of course, they did just get to play the Falcons. What's your current power rating say for this game? Excellent. So I've got um, – one second, why am I – So it's Cincy-Carolina, as you know. You've got a four on Cincy. Yeah, so I've got Cincy a half point better. I've got Carolina minus five, five and a half on a neutral, two for home field, seven and a half. All right. Lane seven. All right. And the look ahead here, just to be clear, was nine and a half. I've got all these numbers. I don't know why it was brain frozen. That's fine. Nine and a half. So really, that's a gigantic. I mean, what happened last week was that miracle loss of Carolina. And since he looked horrible, I could see that being a point each, but now it's two and a half onto a key number. I would not have laid seven and a half. The seven yeah. put me on the game. I, I think you're right. Any closing thoughts on this one? Okay, now we got the, we're continuing with the four weight. Oh, I think I'm next. You are up. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, two and a half point favorite at home against the Rams. We're going to be talking about this like it's home field. I'm you, on Tampa also. Oh, great. All right. Welcome to the club fest. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Maybe just, I think both of these teams could be given up on the year potentially, meaning they had these kind of must win games. Rams off a bye. You guys were right. I was wrong, though. I was feeling pretty smart in the first half of that Rams game against the 49ers. But then it felt like, like the light. You ever see the video games where like the soul floats out of the person that you (laughs) shoot? It felt like the Rams gave up. It was like late in that game, it feels like they were shrugging. You know, they remember that I was thinking about you and Burns, AJ, is apparently they're the team that offer two first rounders. Oh, really? Burns, yeah. And obviously Carolina didn't take it, but the theory was they thought he's the young pass rusher we need. But the Von Miller replacement. Exactly. So they've been trying to, you know, patchwork it together. How I mean, where are the Rams? If the Rams weren't if there was no priors and we just looked at this year, or if the Rams had been beat Let's say by the 49ers, what could have easily happened, not to scratch the wound of McKenzie in that game. Where would the, I mean, where would the Rams be? Where do you got them now, Fez? Let's start there. 20th. 20. A so point they're, they're, worse than an average team. And I would make the case without the priors, they wouldn't be that good. They'd be three points worse than an average I, team. I think you make a really good point because if you just look at what they've done this year, their best win is against the Arizona Cardinals. Any team they've played with remotely a pulse 
has beat them and beat them handily. So, yeah, the, the Rams, like, we're, we still think of them like the Rams because they're the defending Super Bowl champions. They, if Without that prior in our heads, we would just say this is just a, a below-average football. They, they, four, four, good four, teams, four good teams. Offense has not gotten to 14, past 14 in any of them. No say it one more time. The Rams have played four good teams, mm-hmm. teams with good defenses. Mm-hmm. They've scored 14, 10, 10, and 7, I think, in those games. Now, we can debate, is Tampa a good defense, right? Because you're able to run on them this year. They got a mini-buy. And to me, it's about Tom Brady versus who's the spiritual leader of the Rams? McVay? McVay's wondering why he didn't go to the broadcasting booth right now. Mm. You know you know, he's out the door I'd bet, bet anyone within five years from today he's not coaching the Rams. Uh, yeah, there, was, there was a report that I think I just read today that it was uh, that his status is tied to the core of the Rams. And once this core is done, like you know, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and whoever, when they're gone, he's done. He wants to be on TV. I mean, it, like the grind it takes to be doing seventy-hour weeks. Yeah, I remember that guy ran like a sweep to the left and pulled, he pulled the guard twice, and <laughs> and he could always <laughs> think about what. what look what, at Madden. I mean, if you yeah. think about Madden, had a better life over that too. Maybe it's not a bad decision. And he could just wait four years and Paul Gruden get paid a hundred mil, you know, down the road. He, he's every time it's like cower. Every time there's an o, at least for a while. Every time there's an opening, you're the main guy people want. Yeah, you pick your spot. So to me, he was almost out the door after the Super Bowl, but they Kroenke came in with enough money. It was like, okay, and plus we still got our core. I mean, Stafford looks like he's broken and he isn't going to get I don't fixed. think he's going to make it through the year. I mean, I, I, I— And does next year get better? No, I think I, I think he's done, though. And, and, you know, the only thing that's good on this team is Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup's probably not 100%. And, yeah, Sean McVay says, oh, he's good to go. But Sean McVay is a known liar about injuries. So hashtag girly, hashtag RJ and, <laughs> and Super Bowl if props. If there was only someone on this podcast really early in training camp that said that probably the quarterback doesn't make it through the season. We uh, could have bet, yeah. You know, who yeah. was that? Uh, I believe that was myself. Oh. When, uh, we talked I couldn't the, think you were talking about yourself. I thought Stafford. you were trying to give love to someone else. We're talking no. about the Stafford Elbow. Yes, who shows up for no reason at all. <laughs> Seidenberg with his grandstand and a hot dog. You guys are also only laying two and a half, basically entire markets at three now. So, so ooh, I like it. Brady on extended rest is nine and two straight up, eight and three ATS. This is what, with, with Tampa. The look ahead, close two and a half. Like you said, market's up to three. I saw two point seven. So good. I mean, good. Westgate's the only place still with a two and a half. Someone check me on this. I'm showing Rams head to head though, eight and two straight up, nine and one against the spread against Tampa. Is there anything to that? What is that? I mean, I think the minute Brady came in, it changed. The, I think Tampa pre Brady's irrelevant. Hmm. Right, different coach, different yeah, quarterback. And Rams pre McVay is irrelevant. If this was a, a division matchup, I think there'd be mm. something there. But how often did they just play? wanted to throw it? And, out and I mean, they did beat him in the playoffs, right? Rams were on a roll. They let him back in the game. You know, uh, Tampa late. The the only thing that kept me off of this game was the Bucks losing Shaq Barrett, which means best pass rush. Which means the Buck the Bucks to get pressure now are going to have to blitz, and Matt Stafford is a known blitz killer. 
And that, so that's the only thing that worried me. Who's he going to throw it to? That, that, and that's that's the other side of it. If Cooper Cup's not there, then who cares if Who's he beats the Who's the Rams' running back? Did Henderson barely play? Uh, well, I told you, Daryl Henderson is just a guy. Uh, and he, so but who's he was, the other not a guy? No, Daryl Henderson was the guy. They just didn't. They don't hand him the ball. Well, so they got to give it to somebody. No, they don't. Well, Acres is still playing, right? No, no, he doesn't even. He's sh- in the doghouse. He's not, he's not well, even he's in the doghouse, but he's on the team. He's, no, but he's not suiting up. He's not yeah. active. I mean, on McVay game day. seems to get mad at people a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it does seems a pattern, especially running backs. Although maybe now that they didn't trade Acres. They but they would, but they they with Acres, they would have gotten. I mean, the theory was someone takes his contract, yeah, right? It's, it's an internal issue. We'll address it behind this curtain. So, so a reporter t- I read today said that now that they can't trade him, they're going to talk to his agent and try to convince him to come back. Oh, okay. So they're making it out that he's been stopped. Right? Right. Except the guy had a, the guy had an Achilles and came back like in four months, which we've never seen before. No. Yeah. It's hard to say the guy didn't try. Yep. I mean, I've never seen that before, right? I mean, I guess I don't know if you if your Achilles snaps. I don't think there's severity. I I, I mean, to some degree, it, it snaps or it doesn't. Yeah. So it's like, man, that hurt me. Just thank you. I mean, I've never been there, but they say it's like a shotgun goes off, like in yeah. a gym or something. If you're, um, no, go what, um. So this bet to me is two teams in disarray. Tom Brady, he's got one of them, and McVay's got the other. I'm betting on Brady. I agree. Any other thoughts? All right. Remember, that was Faz with a two-weight. I had the four-weight on that one. I did run the playoff revenge trend you were talking about. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Who was talking about it? You were just saying that the Bucs lost to the Rams in that situation in all of history, since 1989, you're profitable if you're just betting the team that lost to the other team. All right, well, and so just be- oh, okay. So you're saying 114 and 104 in that spot, yeah. and that was the most. It was the first game after a playoff revenge situation. Now, did it have to be the prior year? No, anytime. All right, so when no, you- it would have to be their last matchup. Okay, so that you know, it's it's just barely profitable, but it's actually got almost two points of edge. ATS margin, which in the short, with small samples, I always care about margin even more. I agree. All right, next game, we're going to go with a four-way, and we're going with AJ. Oh, his four was with New England. So remember, we had a triple like on New England. Scott had his five. AJ's four, my three. So now we're going to Scott's four, and he has, uh-oh. That's already been He cross-fired too. me. <laughs> Boy, he, he didn't do too well in that, did he? Uh, no. Now we're going to Fez's I, I, three. I'll take the L. And he's got the New York Jets. What? And it's all about the value here. Fez, not me, right? Fez. He's on the New York Jets. Yes. You know, power rating. Giants are by. So power rating-wise, on a neutral, I make this game 12. So I was looking at my power ratings, and because the Jets are obviously home, so that means the spread should be less than 12. And I've got Bills 10 points better than the average team. Now, we talked about how they've been 15 points better um, on the actual scoreboard. Yeah, though we got them only eight points better once we do our luck adjustments. So we'll call it eight to ten points better, which is pretty much where mid mid year an elite team that's about as good as it gets and be eight to ten points above the NFL average. We can't make the Bills higher than ten. Ten is it, no, so when you say ten, ten points better than an average team. Yes. So at most, the Bills are ten points better than an average team. I'm being aggressive rating them this high. Now let's talk about the Jets. I've got the Jets two points worse than average team. I think if you asked most people, they'd be like, the Jets, their average are just maybe just a smidgen below now, average with key, the injuries. Key injury. So yes. what adjustment did you make for that? So I, I've lowered the Jets um, for a, a point for the, the Brees Hall, they have the mm-hmm. running back injury, and the Vera Tucker, the O-line injury. 
Maybe that should be a point and a half. I agree. I agree. You know, so maybe I maybe I've underjusted by a half by injuries, but that still only gets me to these teams being twelve points apart. And also, whenever we go above ten, remember the power ratings inflate the spread slightly too much. We saw that already with Buffalo, their last game, Sunday night football against Green Bay. They get up seventeen. They lose the fourth quarter. Seem a little disinterested. They let um, Green Bay run the ball on them. The the margins ten. And one more case I can make here: these teams play each other again. This is their first meeting. They play week 14. The game's in Buffalo. If you want to lay the 12 with Buffalo, well, you go bet them week 14 right now, and you can lay 12 with Buffalo home. So why in the hell would you want to lay Buffalo 12 on the road? So 14 is not late enough that they'd be resting, right? Because right. if it's week you know, 18, uh, you could imagine that. Well, it just shows you the illiquid. Illiquidity, huh? illiquidity, illiquidity. Thank you. Of the future, you or know, maybe like look ahead I'd say inefficiency instead of illiquidity, right? Well, but I, I think any market that's liquid is efficient. Any concern about a Bills look ahead to Minnesota next week? Or more efficient? No, they're going to kill the Vikings. No, I'm just saying it's a match. match well, oh, AJ, I'm gonna, the, I'll go with Buffalo on this. Uh, on week 14. No, no. I can get us down. No, no. I'll go with Buffalo this week. Oh, this week? Yeah. On the road. This offense is dead. Well, oh, on the, again, like the Cardinals. The road? The Jets? Oh, my God. Jets are one and three straight up and ATS at home this year. The Jets' home field stinks. There's uh, probably as many Bills fans as there will be Jets fans at this game. You know, the I don't Bills know. Bills are I don't... the only team that plays in New York. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I, don't th- I don't see the Jets as, like, not having any crowds. But Scott would know. Crowd's good. Here's my here's J E T S Here's my thought. Does Hall is his absence bigger than it seems because he was the one spark of big play potential on this team? Yeah, the I other two guys are replacement level guys and th- there's no explosiveness beyond him in the running game. I think it's huge because what we've seen with the Jets, the success that they had when Brees Hall has made those explosive plays is that Zach Wilson hasn't had to. <laughs> well, that's it. And now with him out they are relying or they will need to rely on Zach Wilson to make plays down the field. And last week, this dude threw two interceptions that, honestly, I said it on SOVAM that I would yell at a Pop Warner quarterback for making these mistakes. (laughs) Like, literally, he's rolling out. The play is to throw the ball out of bounds, and he doesn't throw it out of bounds far enough, and he throws it to the other team. Like, how does an NFL quarterback do that? I'm starting to believe yeah, you guys. Put when you, the, you put talked in the about him row. being the worst quarterback. Yeah, you don't. In you don't like aim for like the the edge of the sideline. You know why else I kind of like Buffalo here? They just gave up a backdoor cover. If they're up 14 late, you know they're going to be trying to step on their throat. I don't think. I, I think. I think they're going load management. I think they're perfectly happy. Josh Except, Allen not running the ball and getting injured. Well, yeah, but getting, he, he's, he threw two interceptions in the fourth quarter, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be especially attuned in the fourth quarter. It's possible. I, I'll tell you this. I like everyone's thinking here, except yours, Faz. Is, <laughs> <laughs> but everyone had good points. But I think Scott's point is, if you're a big underdog, your quarterback is forced to do something. If you lose the one big playmaker on the team, your quarterback's forced to do something. Wilson forced to do something is dangerous. There's no doubt about that. It wasn't just the one interception. The other interception, I would argue, was worse. I think there's two guys that could have fair caught that. Yeah, and by by the numbers, Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback under pressure in the league. Oh, yeah. And guess what the Bills do? Without blitzing, create a ton of pressure. The the two offensive tackles for the Jets, both of them have a sub-60 PFF grade. 
I think Zach Wilson has a really, really long day. If we look at our blended PFF grade plus QBR, Zach Wilson is tied for 29th with Carson Wentz. And the only quarterbacks worse that start, or I guess that have started. Have started. Baker Mayf- QBR, yeah. yeah, Baker Mayfield and Mac Jones are slightly worse. But AJ's making a good point. Under pressure, and one of the guys on the PFF uh, podcast, the football pod, was making the case that um, the only people who's bad under pressure in the last 20 years has been, uh, let me think about this, uh, Jamarcus Russell. He was bad. And there was one other disaster from the past, like a true disaster. To me, it feels like, in fact, it's going to sound negative, Fez. It kind of is. This might be the underdog double digit I want least in the NFL this year. Because you've got a quarterback that can't handle it if he's got to be the guy to bring him back. Well, that can't be true because you you, you got to hate the Jets week 14 even more. So this can only be the second worst. Except I think the Bills coming off a loss or, or coming off an ATS yes, loss. Right. And I think that – put that quote up. McKenzie had a good quote. Josh Allen is saying he's talking about he wasn't in sync in the second half and wanting to do better. Now that, 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 that certainly – I hadn't seen that quote, and that certainly does concern me. I like if McKenzie can run one query because I know this has changed. It used to be – you just knee-jerked. If you took a home dog catching double digits in the NFL, you won. Okay. I don't think well, that that's won the last that's five years. This was the other way. bad, yeah. And this is the biggest home dog the, the Jets have been since last year. So maybe last 25 I'll, I'll years. Do, I'll the, do that, McKenzie. Last 25 years and last five well, years would be the two. Since last year when they were 13-and-a-half-point dogs to Buffalo and the Bills beat them by four touchdowns. Mm. So. It's also acknowledged the Bills got better at the trade deadline. Naeem Hines, great pass-catching back, should— but, but the first game back— Yeah, but I think for someone like that, it's not like he's going to be a major part of this playbook. But if you put him in there for a couple of plays and throw him a dump-off pass, it, he'll be able to run. Uh, he's also really good at pass-blocking. So if they bring him in on a third down and say, hey, your assignment is just to block the, the, the defensive end— I think he'd be capable of doing that for Josh Allen. And they got safety help in Dean Marlowe, former Bill, uh, New York kid, coming back now playing for the Bills. How do you know so much about Dean Marlowe? Because Dean Marlowe's a former I, Bill. I read this stuff. This is impressive. Uh, I think it's going to help their secondary as well. So the Bills, all in, pushing the chips to the middle. God, and the Bills are going to get Tredavious White got back data. in the next couple And they get Tredavious White back coming back. Yeah, they're so good. All right, so road favorites of double digits, mm-hmm. right? So this year 0-1. They didn't cover by 31 points. What game was that? Tampa. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. One second. And five and ten last year. Four and four. Eight and one. Seven and one. One and three. One and one. Two and two. Two and one. Two and one. One and two. Zero oh and seven. So let's start. The zero oh and seven was 2011. So if we say 2012 on. So the eight and one and seven and one skew this thing to the double the double digit favorites. Uh so see in two thousand twelve, boom. So if we count the two thousand and eleven, it's like fifty fifty. If we don't uh, count yeah, twenty three or thirty three and twenty seven, so uh point eight ATS margin to the positive. So road favorites have hit fifty five percent the last uh ten years plus this year's number eleven. Yeah. And again, we stopped right before an extreme. Mm-hmm. But isn't two thousand twelve kind of your go to that's AOA? we consider that the modern NFL yeah. simply because it it came after the collective bargaining agreement, uh, which that eleven season was affected by the whole the lockout. So yeah. we figured let's go to twelve. It's hard to argue with the three year run where it was nineteen and six. 
and then it it came went backwards to five and eleven. But that I mean that's a pretty that's a three year pretty strong trend of the the road favorites. And the numbers we had were from the road favorites perspective. Yeah. Now historically, if you just said hey forget 2012, let's go in history. Usually, taking home dogs give you a lot of value. I mean, it's just it's what it is. Yeah, it could be the old guy get off my lawn if we go back to '89. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and I mean the, the point is that teams can pass so much better now. They and they throw from ahead. Back in the day, you had the That's lead, handoff, handoff, handoff. Now they throw from the lead. So all time, um, eighty-four and ninety-nine. So only forty-six percent, but fifty-five percent the last ten plus years. And I, I do think that. Beyond the 10 years, probably doesn't matter. I, I think, in the, at least with big favorites and big dogs, I think you're right. But it does feel like this spread is being set like a, a 1998 line because the public, the Bills are so ultra public these days. Everybody knows they're the best team. Well, I mean, if you look at it, it was 10.5 to look ahead. It closed 11.5, so it didn't move upward. I mean, Jets, you got to downgrade off that Wilson performance and how they looked without Hall. And Bills, if anything, I like the Bills better here than if they had won by 21. If this it wasn't gonna, the back for this, door. For this week. Yes. This is going to be my one weight, by the way. Oh, okay. Ooh. Well, I, you pressed the green button. Yeah. By the way, I'm going one weight on New England. I, everyone was convincing. I'm going to make that. Oh, I like sweet. that. All right. So that's a four-like. A four Can you do a tightener on this search? Yeah. Divisional games. Okay, no problem. And let's let's pick AJ. You got the next Ooh, game. I think it'll do worse in division. You got the next game. I do have the next Go ahead. game. Be uh, my three weight: the Chicago Bears, five point dogs at home against the Dolphins, and this is mostly about conditions. And the Dolphins, we saw them last week on a fast track, looking good in Detroit. Well, the the rain was well, supposed to be the offense looked offense good. looked good. The rain was supposed to be on Sunday. The rain and the winds. Well, the rain got pushed to Saturday. In Detroit. No, in Chicago, <laughs> on the Bermuda grass, Fez. Remember what happens when this Bermuda grass gets soaked? P- players can't even walk on this stuff. It's like we're playing football on ice, apparently. So now the fast-track Dolphins that rely on speed and explosiveness have to play in a mucked-up field in Chicago. 15-mile-an-hour wins. Also, Tua 0-2 in his career. did we get an updated weather report? We did, but it's still going to rain all day Saturday. Okay. They're not going to put a tarp over the field. They do, actually. What? In they Chicago? Always, if you If you were the all, Bears. Every NFL team puts a tarp over the field. I'm not, I wouldn't put a tarp over that field. <laughs> <laughs> if he was the groundskeeper. Is this, is this Notre Dame making the grass go? I'm the ground, that's what I would do. Yeah, when Miami went to Notre Dame, it was like a, a jungle out there. Well, when, when, uh, it's, it was convicts, when it's convicts versus <laughs> Catholics. <laughs> yeah. By uh, the way, real quick, uh, let's get him that tightener. Division games. Yeah. Double-digit favor on the road, 20 and 15, mm. uh, so 57%. So still good. Yeah, but you would have thought you said you thought it'd be lower, and I do too. Familiarity would have tightened it up, but yeah. no. But continue. Uh, Tua, 0-2 in his career on the second of back-to-back road games, so when he's actually on a road trip and plays the second road game in a row, minus 31 cover margin in those two games when he's Ooh. had back-to-back road now let's, games. Let, I mean, let's talk reality here. Tua looks better. Uh, PFF said that he had the highest grade of the season last game. I mean, he's coming in. I mean, the guy had the guy started the year pretty good, mm-hmm. got hurt, got rocked, came back to Pittsburgh, was a little rusty, and now he had his best game of his career. It feels like the trend's up for we, Tua. We talked on SOVAM. Is there besides Geno Smith, Tua's stock as a quarterback has gone up more than anybody this year, right? Agreed. Agreed. Hurts. 
Hurts, I, I still, Hurts too, right I still think Hurts' line was sort of like an average quarterback. There were people even coming into this season who said Tua is not an NFL quarterback. Yeah, but Hurts has played a lot better than Tua. So has it been year. a lot better? I mean, look at the our uh, QBR PFF but, thing. So, so you're making the case for Miami losing, right? Yes. Okay, but you're. But I'm saying Tua, Tua has been he's been excellent. There's no doubt. Oh, man, I, I would make the case that. The point, the production wasn't there, except for the end of the uh, Buffalo game when there was that surge. That it looked better than the stat. It looked better than the scoreboard said. I think with Tua, but this last game, you know, they put up a lot of points. Obviously, yeah. and this Bears defense, and I know they're trading off pieces, and everybody's talking about well, the Bears aren't. The defense is going to continue to get worse, but the last couple of weeks, they're twelfth in DV in DVOA after being thirtieth. Through the first six weeks, the offense, the same thing. Terrible offense early. The last couple weeks, top ten. So Justin Fields playing a lot better. I'm not saying Justin Fields is great. He's playing a lot better now than he was at the beginning of the season. It it feels like the Bears are still being treated like one of the worst offenses in football. And I think the Dolphins have just kind of gotten expensive. I have real concerns, though, about this Bears defense. When you trade away Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith and you have a defensive-minded head coach, he can't be okay with this. He's he can't he's got to be going into the general manager's office and being like, dude, you just traded away two of my best defensive pieces. What do you want me to do? And he'll, the general manager is probably like, figure it out. We need a high draft pick. I, I don't know. Is this a, re- a dramatic reenactment, dude? It, on the bottom it says not a dramatization. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, I, I have I have concerns over the Bears defense, especially in this first week without these two. Pieces. I agree with this. I agree with this. Now, I mean, I think psychologically. It's a fire. Now, here's the thing. They bought Claypool in a way with drive, right? They mm-hmm. bought him. So, like, you think the Bears would be selling. They're buying on offense. They're selling on defense. And they're selling, it seems like, to the extreme on defense. You'd make the case that the Ravens got their, their best defensive player. Yeah, yes, they did. Uh, but I think what, what is interesting is, psychologically for Justin Fields, going out and getting Chase Claypool, this is the first time since Justin Fields has been there that the Bears said, you know what, we're going to do something to help you. But I and think the it, Dolphins, you want to talk about the Bears downgrade with the defensive trades, and yes, maybe Claypool has a positive impact on Justin Fields. The but not Dol- game one. The no. Dolphins pushed the chips all in as well. Sure. And they got much better at the trade deadline. You want to talk about maybe not an Chop impact. from Denver. Maybe not an impact game one. I think the easiest player to have an impact in game one is a pass rusher because all you got to do is tell him to go in there on pass rushing situations and get after the quarterback and on offense Raheem Mostert where did he come from San Francisco what offense did he run last year Mike McDaniel's offense now he is reunited with his or excuse me Jeff Wilson reunited with his teammate his former teammate and Raheem Mostert two former 49ers running backs playing now for their offensive coordinator in San Francisco in Mike McDaniel he knows the whole offense. Now that is Jeff Wilson, dream Jeff worthy. Wilson can be the dream starter worthy. this week. That's beautiful. He knows all the terminology. He knows the entire offense. If Mike McDaniel says, hey, Jeff Wilson, you're my starting running back this Sunday, he slides in seamlessly. Is that something that makes you excited if Jeff well, Wilson's your starting running back? Let me ask a question. Let, let me ask one question. <laughs> yeah. Let's hold that. This feels like prop level stuff here, as in a guy that we would say typically wouldn't get a lot of attention game one. Mm-hmm. Do we look just out of usage, forget efficiency, and think to go over and some props? Yeah. Are they even going to put them up? Well, I mean, I'm sure they will. And I think any running props in this game are going to be good because high wins, the passing well, game is probably. 15 miles an hour is not high wins. 
My this man. is like a balmy day. Like this is yeah, like mean, above v- average November day. What was the knock on? What was the knock on Tua before this season? Armstrong. Well, I think it's still Armstrong. So 15 miles an hour is not nothing for for Tua. I think it, the average is 18 in Chicago this time of year. I haven't heard one. I, everything I'm hearing sounds like I want the over. Maybe it's Bears team total. But now that I think about it, what's the two most pressing? What directions do I feel most in this game? Bears defense down. Bears offense up. Do we maybe look at team total bears over or the whole game, whole game over? I, I, whole game over. I hate. I hate that we're we're getting in late because it. it it's moved. It, it got hit at big time. One of the steamerama's at forty four up to forty five and a half, and those are you know, those that forty four is really important. Forty five is big. Now, do we think with the the weather report that came out that was a little more mild, maybe this goes down a little? Or I guess that would go up more yeah, than mild weather. Go up. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Okay. But I tell you, do we look at the derivative and look at the Bears team total? I think the Bears over interests me more. I tell you what, I look at the live. I want, I want to get those numbers back. I want, I want to get a first quarter. Yeah, but I, I think that's deceiving because it's like, okay, I know the lines moved. I'm going to hope the other team scores first and then take. <laughs> it's like that. Those things. I mean, that that matters. That's why the line changes. I, I, I understand, but what I'm looking at is the asymmetric risk of the 46 doesn't matter. 46s mm-hmm. don't land, and the 44 and 45 matter so much. If I can just get like a minute and a half, one. Punt and I can play over 43 and a half again. But that means it's statistically it's going down for a reason. Well, it should go down two points, but they never adjust. They, okay. They, they, okay. Over, they over they adjust pro rata based upon it being the Now a let's think about game. what you're saying. Okay. It's the same thing as derivatives, which is there's key numbers. 44 are going to happen. It's going to be a series of seven and threes or what drives key numbers. Okay. Now you're saying, okay, if X amount of time goes by and there's no scoring, they're going to lower the total Y amount. They don't account for what numbers it's going through. Yes. Okay. And I got 45, 44, 43, and those are all key numbers. Bears team total sitting at 20. That's savvy. By the way. What is it now? 20. Okay. Now that's fascinating because was it was it 19 and a half before this move? Wasn't up yet, I don't think. Okay. So what would you 44 and a half, well right now 45 and a half as what would you say and and one team is favored by 5. Okay? So let's just 20 20 Twenty and twenty-five seems to be right. Obviously, yeah, right? Yes, they kind of, they always round it down because of um, it's like the grand salami. So, they, is there going to be anywhere on earth that has a nineteen and a half, or they're not going to go under the twenty? Okay, it'll be twenty. Yeah, because the Miami side, there's twenty-four and a half. I was still say out there. And a half. So, and, if anything, the move hurts my twenty-four is a key number. This move upward hurts the over Miami team total because, like, when it was forty-three, was the Bears? It wouldn't have been nineteen, would it? It was 44, and it would have been. It still would have been 24. That's what I'm saying. So maybe Bears over hasn't got hurt by the move. Yeah. All right. So in general, if you had AJ any bet you could make on this team total, you'd still go what? I I think what you said about the team total makes a lot of sense. All right. So Bears, Bears over. over. All right. Any other thoughts on this game? All right. That was AJ's three way. He's alone with that one. Scott's. Uh, well, I think we went through your three. No, no. We have Washington. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go Fez. We're going to two with Fez. I'm with you on Tampa Bay. You were Tampa. All right. Now we're going to go to me and my two. Uh-oh. The New Orleans Saints plus two and a half at home against Baltimore. This is Saints at home. I mean, the Saints played a great game last week. I mean, it's hard to say anything but that. Now, what was it? I heard uh, – um, I heard – uh, Sean Payton on the herd, and he was saying that in New Orleans they love Halloween, and when they have a home game around there, it's always a hyper energized game. So 
he was talking about last week. Mm-hmm. So someone cursed the Raiders. Got it. But it is interesting the idea that that things like that affect things, you know. And is that they, why the Bengals did so well on? on I mean, the uh, Browns did so well on Halloween on Monday. Well, remember the Bengals are orange too. Yeah. <laughs> was it a was it a coincidence? There was two orange teams playing on Monday night on Halloween. I think yeah. the NF, the NFL tried to be cute. I th- I like it. Um, Baltimore is ten days off, but they had a tough game against Tampa Bay. It feels like to me. Let's think of analogies of a two-point. Uh, this seems this line just fundamentally seems wrong to me. So let's think of some games that we've had a two-point favorite on the road or two and a half on the road. Um, let's see. This week we don't have any other. I mean, I guess last week it was Tampa against the Saints. Or I'm sorry, Tampa against Baltimore. It was a road game, and remember Baltimore got up to two in that game, but then it kind of came back. What's your power rating say on this game? I've got three and a half on a neutral, and New Orleans has a, a, a fine home field advantage. Yeah, two, I, 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 I would have like made this a big best bet. The line's two point six five, so that, oh, that, that's well, the only that's the, the one place is at fifteen, and that was well, like, I, I, I can bet plus three minus fifteen. So I hate to or, or minus twenty. But I'm sorry, plus three minus twenty. So I hate to give out a, a but I, I, I agree one hundred spot on. I, I New Orleans is the right side, and to me. The fact that the division – last week I wasn't sure what the Saints were playing for because a lot of talk was they went all in with that second first-round pick, and, and now it looks bad. Right? If anything, the Saints are motivated not to give up such a good pick to Philly mm-hmm. for what they traded for. But now the division is within reach. Oh, absolutely. They can win this. So it feels like entering last week I wasn't sure what they, – they had just come off of uh, more bad losses. It was like – but now another factor here – the quarterback play for the Saints has just improved. Yeah, Andy, you said this last week that you thought Andy Dalton was was there's a good chance he was actually better than Winston, and they're making the right call, and that the two interceptions against Atlanta were an aberration. Well, I mean, based upon PFF, they were saying that both those pick sixes neither were his fault. One other play was that they had an interception, or I guess there was an interception on. Did he have three, or did they draw? I don't know. But either way, last week was a great performance, and to me, it's like we got a team that's motivated, a team that's hot. At least recently, and now we got a Baltimore team that, to me, feels fatigued. It feels like they got a war. It's almost like Steelers when you play that physical, when you run the ball so much, mm. you get tired. And they, even if they get up ten, it's not like we're we're feeling like we're drawing dead, right? I yeah, mean, that's I, what... I would agree. So to me, this feels like motivation and a little premium. It's only that we're getting to take advantage of. It's only my two weight, but it is New Orleans. Thoughts on this game? You you had asked about two and a half, three point mm-hmm. favorites on the road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Bengals were actually three point favorites at New Orleans in week six. Okay, that's and that's the Bengals. Now, was that only th- – I thought that was even higher than that. It's three. Okay. And they obviously had a great game. And, and there were actually two more games that same week. That was the week that Buffalo was two-and-a-half-point favorites at Kansas City and the week that the, uh, the Seahawks were two-and-a-half-point favorites – or the, the Cardinals were two-and-a-half-point favorites at Seattle. That well, I'd like to bet that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Just even two weeks ago, it'd be so easy to pick. I mean, forgetting how the game went, but meaning if they yeah. played the game. Um, th- to me, that Cincy one's interesting. I think Cincy and Baltimore, if Chase is there like he was, mm-hmm. are comparable teams at this point. 
I mean, a lot of power, serious power ratings had Cincy better with Chase. And in, in retrospect, the whole Burrow coming back to the, the, the Bayou helped mitigate the home field advantage. That's an interesting point. But but hmm. they had, but at the time, I don't know what the Saints were, meaning they, mm-hmm. they looked like a team rudderless. Now it doesn't feel like that. And you've got a, a comparable team coming in with a comparable – I mean, obviously three would be better here. But I think that validates my pick. Lamar Jackson in the first half, uh, and I know you were on this – was last week, right? You had the uh, oh, well, Ravens. Oh, we were wrong half. on that yeah. one, yeah. But Lamar in his first half, in the first half on the road, Lamar's twenty nine and one ATS. So twenty winners, nine or twenty nine. Twenty winners, nine oh, okay. losses mm. against huh. the spread. But I'm not betting Baltimore when I like inherently. I like New Orleans. Yeah, and I mean this Lamar is what, versus but, the NFC. I might bet more on New on, on New Orleans second half. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say because the, the Ravens' mo has been to get out to a big lead yeah. and then. F well, it they're, off they're in the second half. This year in the uh, fourth quarter against the spread. See, to me, this is you got a quirky quarterback. It takes a while to f- if you're not a division opponent, you haven't seen him much. Yeah. That's interesting. So, I to be honest, I look at because you can bet a fan or at DraftKings. I don't know. I'm not mistaken. The second half now before the game. You know, I have to. Look, I know you bet third quarter and fourth quarter. No, see, I, I've bet seen second this, half also. Yeah. That, that, that's it. I think FanDuel, not DraftKings, or or both. I'm not sure. Both. I'll, I'll double. I'll look well, into. Let's that. see. We're looking. Yeah. At, let's see if we can get a second half Cause, line right Because to me, I, I think he's making a good point. Whatever. Now, you know, especially Lamar on turf in a dome, he's going to be fast. If anything, if I had, if I could really narrow in this pick, I would say second half. Second half plus one. All right, well, Saints plus one, second half yeah. minus one fifteen. You like that? Yeah. Although I'm surprised they tacked the minus. Is it, is it minus 115 pricing both directions, or is it skewed? No, Ravens minus one, minus 105. Okay, so they're already skewing it that way. You know, mm, that's, that's probably a good yeah. sign. Yes. Just hope they don't, you know, it's not too much. Yes. All and right. The first half is the same thing Ravens minus one, minus 105, Saints plus one, minus 115. Now that's surprising. I want like Ravens only, first half and Saints second half. T- t- tell, uh, let's consider that, but tell me if this makes sense. If the line's below three, and even is such a value, wouldn't it make sense that being one and one? Yes. Yeah. So if anything, this is just acknowledging that the pick means so much. Yes. Okay. And, I, and I asked Fez before this game, and, and we disagreed on it. But would you rather have Baltimore minus one, minus one hundred five, or Baltimore minus one thirty first half? Minus one thirty. Yeah. You know, I just thought of something. If the line's two, right? Not two and a half. Let's say it's two. Wouldn't it be better if you could get plus one at minus one ten on both halves? Wouldn't that be a better pick? Like split your bet in half. There's no bias towards any, and figure you're going to win more that way. Yes, unless it was like an eighty percent pick, and then you'd want the law of large numbers. Well, but going we know there's you. no eighty percent. I know, pick. but you see where I'm, you see where I'm going. If <laughs> yeah. you ab- absolutely have the right side, you kind of like that sixty minutes going for you. But if it's just a normal fifty-five percent bet, yeah, I like playing both but the plus you, ones. If you play both plus ones, you do have the sixty minutes going for you. You're just in two separate bets, right? But you chop a lot. Yeah. A lot of times you have the right side. You your team wins by ten, and you chop. Would you agree? Get in on this as soon as possible because with this with this being the standalone game. Money's going to come in and, and change Sunday things. Night. No, because it's a Monday night game, and every and the oh, Monday, Monday night betters always bet the favorite regardless. So I don't think. I, yeah, I, so you I, can I get a better on, line on Saints I, second half. You get exactly. You wait on the the Saints part, but you bet oh, the okay, Baltimore. Yeah. You bet the Baltimore if you play Baltimore first half. If you like that, gotcha. you bet that early. Plus, you have asymmetric risk. If it does go up, you're getting three for the game, which is a lot better waiting. You're only risking two, right? But you could get three. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Now. I, your thoughts, Scott, about bet one way, one half, mm-hmm. one way the other. I generally like that if I'm neutral on the game. Now, this is one I don't love enough that I probably still would be inclined to do it. Um, 
Yeah, it's this is all now. I'm gonna go on my soapbox just for a minute. I've heard two somewhat savvy people both talk about, um, and both of them were PFF. Now I think about it. One was from the Gambling Pod, the the George Fellow, and then Kevin Cole, who I'm a big fan of, said this too. And there was a line move that went from like plus two, like maybe it was the Baltimore Tampa game. It went from like plus two to minus two, right? In this case, it swung where Tampa. Yes, yes, Tampa, and and money went down in flames on Tampa. But, but. There was talk of uh, that line move between the threes don't matter. Was what they say. It's, it's, it's inconsequential. In fact, if you're even talking about it, you're probably deceiving people, is what they said, or some variation of that. Each of them. I think that is not only plain wrong; it's dangerous. Here's all you need to know, Fez. If I'm looking to bet the money line on a two-point favor, what am I laying? Minus one twenty-five. All right, and that means I can get plus oh, plus one hundred five coming back. Minus one twenty. And then if I it like flip, where you're going, if it flips, minus one twenty-five. Minus one twenty-five. So even with a twenty cent straddle, I can have if I if you say hey it's minus two go to plus two what's the difference? Well, the difference is I'm either laying one twenty-five. Well, I'm taking back 105. Well, and let's make it even so. I, I, I love. I'm going to simplify it even more. All right. Let's say I'm betting on a betting exchange. Okay. So there's no vig. All right. And in the one case, I'm getting plus 115, and the other case, I'm laying minus 115. You know what? If, if we were talking, that's about what a, the book, the bookies taking one. So this, so this guy, this guy who's very sharp in other ways, is saying it's inconsequential. Well, you know what? Thirty cents is not freaking inconsequential. Twenty cents is how every casino was built. Is the twenty cent straddle between minus one ten and minus one ten? And it's ten cents is their profitability. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. if you can play minus one or plus one fifteen on both sides, you have a bigger profit long term than the bookies do, and. This is you picking the side you do it in, by as opposed 50%, to percent. By opposed to you having to take the worst of it. Because let's be honest, the bookie gives you every advantage except that twenty. Play. You can play, you cannot. You can play a lot. You can play a little. You can play at midnight. You can play at noon. It doesn't matter. We just get that twenty cents. Exactly. You know, I had a, I had a discussion with Matt Metcalf who runs the Circus Sports yeah. Book, and and they're dealing live now, and they're charging minus one twelve in each direction. One twelve. Okay. All right, not minus one ten, and I'm like I'm like you know hey, Circus like my A rated book. You know, why? Wait a minute. What's this minus one twelve? And he was like, Steve, you know, we just are not able to get enough two-way action. There's a too short a period, and one of our sharpest guys lay that minus 110, and we're moving We're moving 20 cents. We're moving 18 cents, and we just don't get any buyback. We have to have a 24-cent straddle in order to get two-way action. Mm. So he's it's not saying that he needs it because it helps the profitability on the bets already happening. It, in, it induces more bets is what he's yes, saying. Yes, he says okay. when I make someone lay minus 112, then I can offer another dude plus 110 back in the other direction and maybe – or plus 111 even. And maybe he scalps it somewhere else and get out of that bet and still earn. Mm. Okay. Uh, listen, Warren Buffett style is when they're scared, be greedy – and whenever you see the bookie saying we got to adjust here because we don't quite like this scenario, that means it's a scenario to look at. But once again, and and let's not forget this: around the two, the one and a half each way is how you can tease up through seven. Yeah, and this is this is really savvy because the biggest difference. And you made a great point on this when it, we thought it was going to swing in the one game. What game was that? That was the Denver game. Yes, right? Denver Jets. So yeah. we, so we teased the um, the money all came in and that that game. Was well, on I guess the Jets. It, maybe it was a Tennessee game. Now I think about it. it was Tennessee with Tannehill, and we were talking mm-hmm. about him being out. And if it does, where's it going to go? And you could tease it both but, ways. Right. But the bottom line is, if you know a game's going to go from minus one, well, you don't. 
don't know, you suspect. One. If you suspect it, big deal. It's two to two to minus two is a big deal. Minus one to plus one doesn't matter. But in a teaser, well, it um, matters not as much. Not as much. But in a teaser, yes, in a teaser world, it's enormous because now if I got plus one to plus one, half, boom. I just tease the hell out of it to You're plus at seven, seven and a half, half. Yep. and now oh, it goes the other direction. But like like that Tampa Bay game did against Baltimore. Now, you know what? Now Tampa's laying two. All right, now I'll tease Baltimore up to <laughs> plus eight, plus eight and a half all over the place. Guess what? Fiddle in the middle. Somebody won by five. I can't remember who won the game. So to, both won. To close, Teasing. around the plus one and a half. It's vital because you can tease up through three and up through seven with a normal six-point teaser. And thus, if you get both sides, you can, especially low-scoring game, whatever, plus seven and a half with both teams is pretty juicy. Exactly. Number two, if it goes from plus two to minus two, and you could, let's say, bet both sides of it, you have a bigger edge by 50% than the bookie has against you. Playing the money line. Playing the money line. Thus, and, 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 it can't and, be inconsequential. Exactly. Now, if you play the plus two and the plus two, you're not going to, it's not as obvious. The human mind doesn't comprehend how often it's going to hit there. But it and, will land on one, yeah. Yeah. Or the points are mispriced, and there's another way to exploit yes. it. Yes. There you go. I'm happy to help. What else we got? I don't want to. I might just quit. I think talking. it's going to pay off compared to. Yeah. We're supposed yeah. to do my two weight. I have to. I. I don't want this two weight anymore. Oh, that means. Hold on. Get, get somebody get me. Get I haven't made it official yet. <laughs> it's official the minute you put it on this paper. Go what? Ahead. No, we're te- Go ahead. Uh, I just. I just read that. Uh, <laughs> Keenan Allen. I was. It was going to be. Chargers Is that why you're not adding three. to the conversation? Yeah. Uh, it was going to be Chargers minus three. Keenan Allen saying he had a. I thought. Oh, the bye. Keenan Allen's gonna. He was. He was already like on a pitch count. The he's week a week away from being a week away. Well, he says during the bye, he re-aggravated the hamstring injury. Beach volleyball. <gasps> but you got, you got Mike Williams going for you, right? No, you don't. Who's the number three wide Josh Palmer, who was in concussion protocol. He was a full who? practice today. Josh Palmer. I think we've Isn't talked about him before. Isn't he a backup quarterback? No. But I don't like this anymore. All right. Well, I'm going to press it. Pat, All right. No, fine. No, no. I already right. pressed so, it. So let's think now. You've got um, – so let's go over that game quickly. Uh, so it's Atlanta, Chargers. Chargers uh, – it says AJ's two-way. That's official, but okay. Um, <laughs> now that's Chargers on the road favored by three. Yeah, and, and really what my handicap was – I mean, obviously the, the Chargers coming off a bye, Justin Herbert – is presumably going to be feeling a lot better. That's wait, what wait, wait, wait. When wasn't he feeling good? That ri- you can't have a six-week rib injury. Well, that's what they said it was going to be. No. It was rib cartilage. Hey, listen, he was playing that game and then the next game. Six weeks later, you can't finally be getting over something you played with six weeks it's ago. It's still a pain tolerance thing. Well, his tolerance must not be too good. No, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, but on the other side, the Falcons' secondary is just trashed with injuries. Their, their starting corners are both out. Uh, right, so Terrell is probably the most valuable defender. He's one of the seven or eight, I think, most instrumental defenders to any defense. I mean, they were so bad with their D-backs, Atlanta. Without Terrell, they are just a disaster. And he didn't practice today. They're talking about him like they're not expecting him to play this week. Casey Hayward, the other starting corners on the IR already. So now you're going against Justin Herbert without either of your starting cornerbacks. Uh, they they traded for Rashad Fenton. Maybe that's who they maybe that's who they roll out there. But if PJ Walker, Texas Ranger, was <laughs> able to beat up this secondary, I think Justin Herbert will probably have some success as well. Though. But again, with receiver thinness, sure. I tell you this: if you like that handicap, if you here's what I would say: I'll give you a player prop then. If you Go like Austin Eckler, um, and I'm trying to, I don't, I guess they're not out yet. 
uh, DeAndre Carter. Oh, yeah. Look at his overs. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're without Mike Williams and you're without uh, Keenan Allen, and a lot of the focus might be on Josh Palmer, but Josh Palmer, who had missed practice time, DeAndre Carter is probably the guy that Justin Herbert's working with you're the probably most right. in yeah, practice. Josh, Josh Palmer was in concussion. Protocol. Exactly. So the guy that the, the the only receiver, healthy receiver that 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 Herbert's been working with this whole time is going to be DeAndre Carter. Scott is just kicking ass. That's here. He's a guy that I would look for a, back a, a, a receiving I like prop. What I when I've been reading with the. Um, Props, what I find interesting is, and the Saints are a good example of this, and it's kind of like what you're saying, certain quarterbacks have certain backs or receivers they like more. And Kamara, for example, just wasn't getting a lot of catches for the Saints. And now with Andy Dalton, he's getting more. And the numbers have been really drastically different. It's almost like an MLB where the pitcher has his favorite catcher yeah. catching him. You yeah. know, and, and, Personal and, catcher. Yeah. The knuckleballers used to have that. <laughs> yeah. but, but the fact of the matter is, it's hard for any algorithm to account for that. Because sure. the sample look, size is so small. And you're just looking at the season average and the trend upward exactly. or down. So I would say that what you're talking about is, hey, they've been practicing together. Mm-hmm. It helps. Now, Diamond Dave Esler, oh, talk about pressing the green button. He says a lot of squares might be on the Chargers. <laughs> He's coming with the Falcons. Let's listen. I bet the Falcons plus three over the Los Angeles Chargers this week. Chargers had a bye week, but that's not enough to get this team right. I know the Falcons tried to lose late. Kudos to DJ Moore for keeping that from happening. Chargers don't have a defense I'm going to back ever. Falcons were given one last week, I admit, but they won. They're in first place in the NFC South. They're not rebuilding anymore. And this is a Falcons team, and this did surprise me. They scored more points in the NFC than anyone not named the Seahawks, or three points less than the Buffalo Bills. A look at this game. I think it's a mismatch. Falcons want to run the ball. The Chargers run defense last in the league in yards per rush allowed, next to last in points per play allowed. The Falcon offense is better in the red zone, better on third down, better in yards per play. And then look at the injuries. Joey Bosa out. J.C. Jackson out. The Darren Chargers two best defensive players on an awful defense to begin with. On offense, Mike Williams out. Keenan Allen questionable. For the Falcons, Pitts finally showed up last week. Falcons had four guys catch three or more passes, which is in stark contrast to the week prior when they only had four guys catch a pass, or the week before that when either London or Pitts were the leading receiver, or the week before that when neither London or Pitts were the leading receiver. Point made. Falcons went ugly last week, but again, they're in first place. Their next three games are against Carolina, Washington, and the Bears, all winnable. They're not rebuilding anymore again, and they're not losing to the Chargers. WTF, wrong team favored. Atlanta plus three over the Chargers. Oh, he's kind of laid the gauntlet down for you, AJ. And yeah. he didn't know about your play. I mean, we, he's no, not. We, we met, we, we're not sure of that. Oh, is, is that. Did he ask who AJ was on? <laughs> I'm against him. <laughs> so, But he makes a good point about the rush D for the Chargers. Not good. What does your precious uh, DVOA say on the rush D for the Chargers? Precious DVOA has the Chargers... Now, remember I t- told you about the bass in Scott's voice? When AJ doesn't 26. have the answer. Oh, 26? Yeah. What do you think? You, you, you still you don't like that? No, I don't like it. That's <laughs> it. I can't believe the Rattler Fez pressed the green button. No. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts in this game? Atlanta's going to win outright. You think? Yeah. I tell you, they've covered, what, seven of eight? And you know what? Even well, I guess no. They've they've lost two in a row covering, right? Because they didn't they, cover they against six, Carolina. They were six and zero. Oh, yeah. And then they yeah. So they're so they're they're going to be seven and two after this game. <laughs> right. All right. So what do you you got to replace your two and your one? 
And Fez, you I'll move. I'll bump Buffalo up to two, and I, I'll, I'll. So play you didn't even have has become your two. My two, and Washington Remember, will be my one. There's a lot of buys this week. Mm. Now Washington was number one or number one weight for me in the clubhouse. They're staying there. I like that play. All right. So what games haven't we reviewed? We've we got haven't. two: Green Bay, Detroit. Uh-huh. Tennessee, Kansas City. Lots of uncertainty with the Tennessee quarterback. All right, let's start Green Bay. Green Bay favored in the contest by three and a half on the road against Detroit. Detroit fired their defensive backs coach. I think that's going to solve things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fez, what's your thoughts on this? I don't know what the Detroit mindset is. The, the, the trading away their stud tight ends. I'm worried. I, I was looking towards Detroit at three and a half. I want no part of a Lions team that came in with all this pomp and circumstance, and now the season has gone South. In fact, I'm going to give you a bonus pick. I'm playing the Lions under five and a half season wins, minus 140. All right. So, how many games? We got nine games left before this game? Are yeah, they, they eight games in? I. They've had a bye. Yeah. So. They're, so, they're one and six. One and six. Okay. So, that means there's 10 games left. And you're not. You're saying they're not going to win four games. They're they can win four. We win if they, they win four. All right. They're okay. not going to win five. So yeah. if they go five and five in these I ten lose. games, you lose. Yes. How, who in the hell thinks that Detroit's going to go five hundred from here? That's the best bet. Detroit <laughs> under five and a half wins minus one forty. And they're a dog in the first at DraftKings and at William. They're a dog in their home against an average. They're a dog and by three and a half points, and they're home against an average team. I think the question off of the Buffalo game for Green Bay is, did they discover their true uh, valid or their best approach is running the ball like crazy and becoming like Aaron Rodgers' game manager? Even when it's negative game script. I don't think that's going to happen here. Every Lions game goes over. This is just, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is probably salivating at the opportunity to finally get right and looking at this Lions defense on tape going, yeah, well, I can throw on these guys. And that was, that was very. That was, no, you, you don't have to quantify. <laughs> if you had, if you had done your uh, your drugs and stayed up all night, maybe. I'll take Seidenberg for six hundred, please. I, I told I told Pat this week that you know we're just going to throw the ball on them. <laughs> now, I predicted last week that Aaron Rodgers, because of the narrative, would run the ball. He did. We went over one time, but that's all we needed. The over under was one and a half yards for his rushing. Jeez. Um. I kind of like Aaron Rodgers over like TDs or something here. I think if he's on the five and he he gets audible into whatever he wants, he wants to have a three TD game. I think it's only going to need two. It'll be over one and a half, like lay a dollar sixty. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I think the motivation here, the whole get right, yeah. is is the is the stat line going to say that? Yeah, I think he wants that. It's funny. The last line in my notes for this game: Aaron Rodgers desperately needs a get right game. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I think yeah. if he has any control over it, he's going to want that to show up on his stat. I line. agree. All right. Any other thoughts on that one? I do think that it's ownership is like they're saying ownership they've got faith for in who? Dan Campbell for the oh, Lions. Oh, okay. I was saying there is no Green Bay. Everyone's got their little certificate. <laughs> like them saying that they've got faith in Dan Campbell and they support him, but then they're doing all these things that basically signify they're about to start a rebuild. Well, no, 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 no. I think what they're doing is saying our timeline is next year we get to be almost 500. 
the year after we contend, this guy, this tight end, we're not going to re-sign to a second contract. Let's get something for him now. If anything, it's faith in Dan Campbell that we got a long-term vision. So you just pushed the timeline back a year because this was supposed to be the year they pushed for 500. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, that's what people thought for sure. Or they they keep saying, like, oh, Detroit's like one one year away. How can you be one year away every year? And then they're going to have probably the first pick in the draft again this year. Well, we we don't know that. I mean, the the over-under is five wins, apparently, right? Uh, Yes. So who has the lowest over-under in that? Can you look at that? Houston, three and a half. All right. Yeah. Houston does have a tie. That doesn't count. So they've got an edge. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, for win total, it, it's like a loss, right? It's no, I just made for the first pick in the draft. Yeah. I like Houston under three and a half, in fact. How, how, could, how could you four? like a team not – so they'd have to win three more? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're going to win one more. Well, I don't know. We just picked them to win the game against the number one seed last year and the number two seed right now, Tennessee. <laughs> four and one. Our, our, RJ went. RJ went four and zero oh in the super contest this past week, and I picked Houston. No, no, no. You helped with some of the winners. We just don't talk about that as much. <laughs> All right. Um, no, but I do. The thing about Dan Campbell. Now, this happened with Matt Rule too. He got signed to a six-year deal, which is very unusual because it's usually a five-year deal. They have a so the theory is third year you fire mid-year. You only got you know this is a whole extra year. And Detroit's known to be very frugal with their coaches, and they keep them longer. I mean, think about Wayne Fonts. I mean, go through the list. I think Campbell's fine. Now the question is: Is his team tuning him out, or I don't if know? If I was Jim Caldwell, I'd be pissed. Yeah, it, I, I, cosmetics matter on the sidelines because he didn't look like he was in control. No. But I never thought Tony Dungy was all that sharp. But the more you dig into it, the more sharp. I mean, not just because he's on TV now, but he was an innovator in a lot of ways. But he just didn't have that. Like Mike Tomlin, you think that guy's on top of it because he's slapping backs. And I don't know. I want to play for Mike Tomlin. (laughs) And you didn't even play in high school. And he needs needs a game manager. (laughs) Oh, you'd be in his ear? He'd knock you out before it was over. (laughs) That'd be the bat. Before Fez is fired by the Steelers, does he get hit by Tomlin? (laughs) 50-50. We looked at this guy, Fez. He was great. We got rid of him when we didn't need him anymore. And we're going to move on. It was inconsequential to the— People can't see this, but Scott's doing the eyes thing, too, which makes it all the better. We had a personal conflict. He was was superstitious, and so we were superstantial in getting the, the superficial out of here. Now, what exactly? He does use a lot of big words. He really like like it's, but it's unnecessary big words, you know. I'm I'm just trying to place the accent. I, I just don't. <laughs> All right, next game in the final game: Tennessee, Kansas City. Tennessee, the number one seed last year, the number two seed currently is a 12 and a half point underdog to Kansas City, despite five straight wins, straight up and ATS, 12 and a half point underdog. Tennessee's won five straight. Yeah. That does seem meaningful. Lost to the it? lost to the Giants, lost to the Bills, and have done nothing. But now it's been Raiders, Colts, Texans, Commanders. Oh, I thought you meant five straight against Kansas. No, City. I mean in, okay. on the season. Like, they're, on, they're on a five zero run, ATS and straight up, and you know a twelve and a half point dog is a substantial number for a team that's playing so well. well we got I, Big Red after the bye. That's true. I, real quick, Fez, do you have this after Week One? What was your Tennessee power rating? Because I'm guessing you had them maybe 29th in the league. I, I can derive it. So I started after no, week no. two when they played Buffalo would be so, the damage. Okay, you're right. Yeah, I, do so that they, to week so, two. Yeah, they, so they started a half point worse than average, mm-hmm. and I know I downgraded them like, like part two and a half points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were like <laughs> they were like minus two. They were the 24th best team at that point. And where you where you got them now? 23rd. I've got them with a banged up Tannehill. I got to put a caveat. So if Tannehill plays, he's not 100. percent I got him 16th. 
<laughs> so if he, if he play, if not, they're below average. Oh, well, then they're, they're, they, I got to drop three points if, 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 if I bring Wilson a quarterback. But they still dominated Houston. Well, they won seventeen to ten. They won. Well, it was seventeen three. It was seventeen three. Yeah. Yeah. It was twenty. Me, it was twenty to three. That the, was the final. The disturbing thing is Travis Henry ran for a million yards, and somehow that only turned into seventeen points. That, that but, wasn't disturbing. No, that was when the you, clock when was playing, going tick, yeah, tick, yeah, tick. This is just like Belichick, man, against the Jets. Is all these people that's you? And I'm not saying you used to fantasy football. This is about winning football games, and. It, there was no chance of Houston winning. I don't even know. It became gonna, impossible. They could not win that I, game. I don't even know who's going to quarterback this game for Tennessee, so I can't make a bet on this. Well, game. and the Chiefs are well rested, obviously, coming off a bye. This is the fourth week in a row. Last week was that Derrick Henry set a new season high for rush attempts. Attempts. So okay. they are they're running him into the ground. By the uh, way, Kansas City does have great barbecue, which is curiously on my mind right now. <laughs> Overrated. So Kansas City is? Kansas City barbecue. This is the guy. Oh, Houston. Yeah, yeah. No, no. This is more Houston. I think you know this. Is There's a magazine. What's the magazine? Texas Monthly. Texas Monthly that has a contest. If during the summer uh-huh. you go to the 50 best barbecue places in the state of Texas, you get a t-shirt. Or what do you get? It was all a bunch of uh, Yeti prizes. So it was like all these different coolers and, you know. What idiot would do that? One summer, he took his poor kid. Now, how old were your kids at this point? This was five years ago, so they were 10 and ten and 5. No. Yeah. 50 different locations. He's going to, like, Texas El Paso and yeah. Lubbock and, <laughs> and, how and how like, many, Corpus one of, Christi. One of the best barbecue places in the state in Lubbock, by the way. Did the you only go to Corpus Christi? I did go to Corpus Christi. That's like a, yeah. I went to Brownsville, which is basically yeah, like yeah. Mexico. I, I spent a month in Lubbock one weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. No, I went to a good friend was on the te- uh, my brother of a good friend on the Texas Tech staff at the time. Went in for his wedding. We went to a bar with dirt floors. Yeah, dirt floors. There was a bar. The Ellis Island Barbecue in Las Vegas is the most outstanding value in Nevada. It's a it's outstanding. The root beer. The root beer is great. The barbecue is great. You agree, right, AJ? I haven't been to Ellis Island. He's been to 50 different Texas bars. So what was the most far-reaching? What was the one? Did you fly to any of them? No. So you drove. Oh, my gosh. It wouldn't have been funny if he flew into one place, had the barbecue, and flew out. (laughs) So... What was the, so for, you, you were in Houston? I was in Houston, I've which is sou- southeast Texas. The furthest Ellis trip Island. was to Pecos, Texas, which is about an hour east of El Paso. And for so, how long was it for you driving? Twelve hours. <laughs> Twelve <laughs> hours. Oh my god! To get a crummy T-shirt. <laughs> what well, do you, do you have a great card? State of Texas. Do they stamp the card? Yeah, you have a passport. You can't counterfeit it. No. He wanted. He wanted. He he would have known that his Yeti products were coming Jeez. from a lie. I got probably three thousand dollars worth of coolers times four, and that's what you're going to get for Christmas this year, fast. <laughs> the question is, do you get the moist brisket or the lean? moist brisket? Yeah, you got what, go moist. What am I, a lady? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, straight out of Vegas. We're off talking food. This I'm week. hungry. Now you you had Andy Reid. Yeah. What's the exact numbers you said? Andy Reid at home. Off of a buy, seventeen and two straight up. Twelve now, and seven. That counts. Yes. Twelve and seven. Yes. Now, does that count buys in the playoffs or just regular season? Mm-hmm. In the playoffs, it's thirteen plus days rest, so it does count some playoff games. So okay, so he's twenty-seven and six straight up, twenty-one and twelve ATS. Um, that's overall. 
with 13 days of more of rest. So I saw his son just got sentenced to three years in prison. I'm sorry for the, the for the tragedy, no, tragedy no, no. and everything but, happened. I mean, How, the, does that resolution actually help things? That it's, at least it's behind. Well, I think the question is, was there any expect any poss- reasonable possibility he wasn't going to get prison? I don't think so. Because if so, that'd be a big This feels like it's a win for Ant. Like, it feels like it could have been. I mean, I you know, who's to say? I mean, what I'm saying is. is if I would have asked you, like, how long do you think he goes for? Wouldn't you have thought longer? It's funny. It's when you really get down to it, if you drink and drive and hurt someone, it seems like you did it. Like, you, you could make the case, like, if you did it with a bat, how long would you get? But on the other hand, I think. <sighs> I mean, I never was a driver. I mean, I don't drive much anyway, so I was never drinking. But we drove around with people drinking all the time when I was Oh, a kid. in Ohio, yeah. you, 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 you get like a 12-pack of Schlitz and you go to the, the cornfield and you just like talk about sports. Right, I mean that's what half my high school would do. You were playing Dungeons and Dragons. But I mean still. that's Ohio. Yeah. That's Ohio in a nutshell, Fez. I mean you got it right. But so it's hard to you know I get it's it's a, it's a very complex thing. It's Stros. obviously not complex for the the victims' families. I mean we did some garbage time adjustments, which we're just starting to delve into. And we're doing it play by play. So we can say, all right, how many yards? And then this has been adjusted upward. So here's what happens, Fez. Imagine there's 80 plays in a game. And we say only 60 count. Well, we don't want to give you the score just for those 60 because that's only six-eighths of the game. So we actually inflate the numbers of the legitimate time of the game to say this is what would happen if it was 60 minutes worth. Is that fair to say, McKenzie? Exactly right. All right. Tennessee, 394 yards of offense against Houston. Houston, 96 yards. So 400 to 100. (laughs) Is that good? Garbage time adjusted success rate. 55% 55% of plays Tennessee was successful on, 22% for Houston. I'm shocked it's that high for Houston. <laughs> if you watched that game, it was just like, what the? It was mm. a miracle that Houston covered their teaser. A miracle. I tell you, it doesn't look like Tannehill is going to play. I mean, just looking at this. So Monday, he Vrabel came out and said, we'll tell you Wednesday. The market moved off of 1140 that. 11.40 a.m. Pacific. Yeah, power move from 11 to 12. And that move was on Kansas City against Tennessee. Yes. Now on Wednesday, he says... Vrabel said Tannehill will do some things in practice Wednesday. It was before Wednesday's practice. What, is practice. he going to get a clipboard and write notes? I don't know. <laughs> what, what would this line be if Tannehill doesn't play? And if he does, the theory is he's compromised. What do you think the lines are in those two scenarios? Fast? Okay, so I've got where I've, I've got the teams rated right now with a somewhat compromised Tannehill is Kansas City, I got Kansas City eight points better. Okay. They will become 11 points better if um, if Tannehill plays, no, if he doesn't, if the backup plays, it, 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 well, a neutral, neutral, neutral. Okay, side. okay, okay. So and then two for Kansas City for home field gets me to thirteen, mm-hmm. and then Andy Reid off of a bye probably pushes it to fourteen. Okay, so right now the line is twelve and a half, and what's the line if Tannehill does play? Ten and a half. Okay, so this is pretty much saying he's not going to play. At least statistically, it looks like he's at least two thirds of the way there. I think closer to like sixty percent, he won't play. Okay. All right. Um, I guess going on to 14, I hear you. I hear you. Any other thoughts in this one? All right. I think this was a good, good dream preview. We had a little dalliance off on barbecue. Dalliance? Yes. We've never never done a dilly dally. (laughs) But we, a dilly bar. That's the whole next pod from Dairy Queen. Warren Buffett. I can eat that now. Ohio. See, it's all coming to you. (laughs) Now, any closing thoughts, guys? So straight out of Vegas AM... It's grown organically. People love it. 
You've had Fez on a good bit. What, what's the rest of the week? So people are listening Wednesday, so they're going to be able to hear the Wednesday morning if they want, but there's the Thursday morning after and then the Friday. What can they expect? Well, we'll have a the, tomorrow morning we'll have a Thursday night football preview. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to react to game four of the World Series, preview right, now game you five had, of the World Series. Let's give some credit. You tend to brag about yourself. I tend to brag about others. You had a good prediction. Oh, yeah. This was like, what, maybe <laughs> – Seven weeks before the playoffs even started, we did a little very rudimentary algorithm type how to a model. How do we profile playoff teams in baseball? And he had like one for something for relief pitching, something for starting, something for fielders. And lo and behold, your two best teams in the National League, you had San Diego and Philly. Yeah. That worked out pretty well. Yeah. Five and a six seed so, going to the finals. So as of now, Wednesday night taping – what are you seeing for the rest of the year? We'll, we'll, we'll step on SOVAM a little bit. Uh, I st- I picked the Astros in six before, before the series started, and I haven't backed off of it, despite the fact that I've bet Philly pretty much every game of the playoffs. I think that— Did you bet them during the World Series? Yeah. Now, but why would you like Houston for the series? Because, I, well, I still think Philly's going to win two games, which they already have. And, and the, the money Houston. line was warranted. Okay. Yeah. And so Houston, which, as we're taping this, has a 5 nothing lead here in game number four. They go on to win this game. It's a 2-2 series, and they have home field advantage. And in the next game, they have a massive pitching edge with Justin Verlander. Except the in the World Series, it's been horrible, right? Yeah. In general. He's going to have to bounce back. But let me ask you about, way. I assume Cole got trashed tonight. And so he, the, no. the, Nola, Nola, you mean? Uh, Nola, yeah. That, that, that Nola now. Nope. Nola went, uh, he four shutout innings. Oh, okay. Fifth inning gives up three singles back to back to back. Bases loaded with nobody out. They take him out, bring in <gasps> Jose Alvarado. <sighs> Alvarado. Their best reliever, right? One of them. Wasn't that the little leaguer that was too old? That's Danny Almonte. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't think York, an, I don't think an NBA G League guy should be in Little League. A, a, anyway, Alvarado, a lefty pitching to the lefty uh, for um, uh, Houston. Uh, what's his face? Uh, the, the best player on on Astros, uh, Alvarez. He hits him with a pitch, then he gives up a double, then he gives up a single, then he gives up a sacrifice fly. Five runs in the fifth inning. For the now, Astros. how did the Astros cheat tonight? Is the real question. Well, we won't know for a year or two. Okay. Mm, yeah. Well, exactly. the Phillies knew after game two how Framber Valdez cheated. It, like, all... And the Astros knew how the Phillies were cheating the, the other in game three. Here's the question. <laughs> Do you feel like that there is karma? Because if there is, Houston doesn't win this series, right? Well, they didn't win it last year. Yeah, but it feels like these players shouldn't win it. I agree. They've right. already lost two World Series since the incident. And I think they're maybe halfway there. They're never allowed it's to not, win one again. It's not, and it, it, those players shouldn't. Shoeless Joe Jackson never got to play again. Right. I mean, they he played in like a, a little low-level league that they could barely recognize if it was him. There's like two I mean, players remaining that were involved in the Then let's get rid of them. Okay. I, did you call it an incident? Yeah. An incident that happens once. Yeah. This happened perpetually for years. Yeah. <laughs> not an incident. I, I'm just not naive enough to think that it was only happening in Houston. But Houston was the scapegoat for I don't think there are other teams that like had, yeah, had I don't their think players that, wired like they were like talking to the outside. Okay, first guy. of all, there's no proof of that. Let's not be. Give me a break. Well, the guy came off the, the field. Video. Listen, you read it on Twitter. It's got to be true. Did he have a pot belly? He didn't want stretch marks he didn't want him to see or what? <laughs> yeah. What? Listen, this is weird. He hates every Houston team. 
but somehow the cheaters he likes. What's wrong with you? Never seen a guy. He's like the Grand Wizard so from the '80s wrestling. Never seen a guy so concerned with not showing skin. I mean, seriously, what is it that makes you like this Houston team? I, I don't know. Dusty <laughs> Baker. Maybe they, Dusty Baker. Maybe they. They're, they, they're they, a likable. And I also kind of like likable. I kind of like that everybody else hates them. Fuck you guys. Exactly. Did you, you still have your press pass for the Astros, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I had it for the Rockets, too, and I damn sure wasn't going to well, that. What was a hardening you in that strip club? Yeah. That, that, that incident. The butt-naked club. Now, I will say this. This is insidious in that it caused the commissioner to say, oh, this is all over a hunk of metal. Insidious cash is 70 to 1. I, and, I mean, think about that. It's like a kid growing I mean, it's if the world's – here's what we know. July baseball is meaningless if you didn't bet on it. Agreed. Right? So if the World Series doesn't matter, then what the F matters? Like, so, so they made it so the commissioner, to try to mitigate the problem, diminished what the World Series was by a hunk of metal. That to me, I mean, you're a baseball guy, isn't mm-hmm. that? Is that egregious? I do think it was egregious. I think I think that they the, they it should have been clear. banned for at least a year. I, what, <laughs> the whole that, franchise? Well, I don't no, think anyone that was was indictable for doing it. They should have been legal. First of all, there's money bet on those games. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they should have. There should be restitution to that money. I mean, this is serious shit. You can't just cheat. And then 100%. where do we draw the line? Cheating. Apple watches, because now every Red Sox game, every Yankees game, for but they, were they ever used? Yeah, there was a thing. Okay. On but why, why do we only talk about the Astros? Because the Astros are the only ones who are still good. Well, All these no. shitty teams keep losing, and it's like, oh, well, why aren't we winning? Because the Astros are cheating. Why aren't the Dodgers in the World Series? Because the Astros cheated. Wah. Well, if anything, they hurt themselves. If it wasn't important, then they, they, they put a stain on their careers. Oh, if they it, certainly did that. If it was important... Then that's why we're so worked up over. Like so Jose Altuve is, is probably not going to be in the Hall of Fame. So which one is it? Is it what? Did it affect their winning or didn't it? Sure. All right. Then thus it's important. It matters. But I'm saying they're I'd not the only ones. Guys, why are they the only ones I'd you're talking my guys about? Take steroids then steal signs. <sighs> to me, the only time you make the Major League Baseball culpable is if they kind of knew it was happening and let everyone do it again. Then it's like if they got caught, maybe they're dumb. But they did go further than even the claims of the other teams, right? I mean, I mean, they just did it differently. I don't know what you would consider. You mean they got caught? There were other teams that had a dugout or outfield cameras, and they had a camera room next to the dugout. They weren't the only ones who did that for sure. But baseball is just a bunch of f. But they ups, won the they? I mean, like the, when the, it was the, happening. To, to draw an analogy, if you're in a casino and like Scott is like flashing to me what the, the dealer hole card information, you're going is, to jail. No, no, it's fine. It's it, 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 it's oh. just unethical. But if he if As but, an but, but, if device. but if he uses a cheating electronic device, I'm you're right. I'm going to jail. It's that much different. Both are cheating. You know, you could say one is you know, perfectly fine, and the other is absolutely like a felony. So Fez says cheating is fine <laughs> if you don't get caught or use an electronic device in a Nevada casino. Gamesmanship. Yes. Gamesmanship. Uh, I think they're going to lose. Hmm. And last question. I hear all about this Philly home field advantage. What makes it so strong? Is it just crowds the crowd's insane. Just the crowd. It's loud. It's a, it's a, the ballpark is so tightly packed that you feel like the, you feel like the crowd is di- directly on top of you. Now you I, I also think if it's cold weather, it's like November uh, now, and, and you got a team from Houston, that's got to benefit the Phillies. Now, I don't think it was that cold tonight. But yet. especially now with the whole pitch com system and how loud the Philly ballpark is, they're saying that it's very difficult for the pitcher to hear the pitch com. So sometimes they're going back to the manual signs. Ah, oh, okay. 
Huh, boy, t- baseball has embraced technology in a way, right? With the, I mean, even now with the umpires, where each gra- p- pitch gets graded, right? Mm-hmm. The umpire in game two had a perfect score. Wow, that's impossible. Yeah, we'll let him bump game three. He was the robo umpire. <laughs> now, <laughs> last question is: as a New York guy, now on baseball, you're a Yankees guy, right? Yeah. Do you look at Philly and think that's one of us, and you want them to win, or are you the type to say, like, as a Steelers fan? I don't want the Ravens to win anything. If they're mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting against them. Philly is not a Yankee rival. I know that the Yankees yeah. beat them in the World Series in 2009. But it's, it's New York and Philadelphia. There's yeah, but to me, I have no – I don't have a Philly beef. Okay. You okay. know, like as a Yankee fan, the Phillies don't mean anything. As a Ranger fan, yeah, the Flyers. I hate the Flyers, but I hate the Islanders more. But the Red Sox, you know? for example, if they're in the World exactly. Series, are you rooting all, for them or against them? Against them. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and as a Jets fan, I have nothing with the Eagles. So it's like I'm not – Philly to me is – Mm. I got nothing against Philly. AJ, he roots for the cheaters. Yeah. And and against yeah. the non cheaters. Yes. Is that fair to That's say? That's fair to say, absolutely. And Fez doesn't care as long as you pay him. College basketball starting Monday. <laughs> Give me some winners. All right, boys, check it out. SOVAM. Fez and I on Monday doing a double shot. We do it every week. I thought this week was excellent. Fez was shining. See, Scott, you make other people look good, not yourself always. Let the others say something nice about you. Scott did really well this pod. Really. You know, there was one guy a couple weeks ago who said something nice about someone else. (laughs) (laughs) That was me. What was that imitation? <laughs> that was a Scott imitation. <laughs> For more that, S-O-V-A-M, let's talk to you next week. Hey! Oh, let's be, whoa, 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 whoa. Go. Let's be careful out there. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh-